It's Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Bonnie. Oh, hang on, Matt. Try that one more time. Matt. Now you're good and to go. And Bonnie. All right. So, uh, we're hey, we're having some technical difficulties behind the scenes, so I'm going to have to ask the two of you to just vamp for a moment. Uh, maybe you could talk about what you want to discuss tonight. If Who's you your favorite vampire? Who's my favorite vampire? I don't, you know what? I don't really have any favorite vampires, and I really got into vampires. Me either, actually. But there was a, a really cool movie called Interview with a Vampire back in the 90s, and that was pretty solid. It had Tom Cruise in it, and I think Brad Pitt was in it too, but I'm not sure. I've never seen that one, but it's funny because last night we were talking about I Am Legend, and I've seen the original I Am Legend, Omega Man. Oh, yeah, 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 from the 70s, right? Yeah, and it was vampires instead of like sickly, diseased zombie things. If you watch, um, if you watch, uh, the like the the extras that come in the DVD with I Am Legend, never seen him. They're more. V- they present the monsters as being more vampire-y. If those are going to be considered vampires, then those are definitely my favorite vampires because that movie is definitely one of my favorite. I absolutely love that. I like that so, movie too. I never thought about it until I read part of the book. I never finished the book, but I never thought about the title. And I, once I figured it out. At the time, I was like in the seventh grade, it like blew my mind. I was like, it's called I Am Legend because he's the only not vampire thing or disease thing. So to that them, he knows of. Well, yeah, at the time. So to them, he's the legend and they want to get rid of that weird thing because right. he's not yeah. a They're the next zombie. evolution. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I kind of feel like we're living that right now. I mean, like conspiracy theorists versus the normies? Yes. I kind of feel they, that they, way too. They really are. I mean, zombie movies are not, um, they're not monster movies. They're reality movies. We are mm. living amongst vampires and zombies. The vampires are just the zombies that are out for blood. The psychopaths the or the... Dumb. They just want your brain. Have they ever mixed hmm. vampires with zombies in any movie? I don't know, but they should. Because, I mean, there's definitely been vampires... I imagine kind of has. There's been were- uh, werewolves and vampires right. mixed together. That's yeah. kind of an old Classical, thing. yeah. Right. You said you ha- you think that I am been? legend. I am legend kind of has because um, if you think about it, they're like zombies, but they continue being vi- vital, and you know they're not a rotting thing that's brainless. That super powerful, strong, and fast. they can plan, make right. They can plans. think critically and make things happen, and they're you know, awful. Hunt. They're mm-hmm. yeah, really, really bad. Uh, so the good news is we are now back on uh, the air. There was a difficulty at the, the satellite services provider, so oh. our, our radio station sadly did not hear the vampire conversation. Oh, no! Yeah, sorry. Do it again. Sorry <laughs> to say. <laughs> if, you've, uh, if you've missed the show, you can always go to freetalklive.com and you can download from there. Although we are going to have some interesting changes coming about to the podcast soon and i don't know if we can talk about it yet so i'll just tease that and and leave that there we're gonna start out tonight unless you have more to say about vampires i didn't mean to interrupt the i just wanted to start a conversation about vampires because you told us to vamp thank you for that and then i kind of took it in the political direction like we are living in a vampire world this is you know we like i don't think it's safe to get you know everybody likes say clown world or Mm -hmm. living in a clown world we are living in a world that is not full of clowns unless the clowns are zombies that are blood sucking <laughs> and they and the vampires are the people who know what they're doing and they're running the show and they are absolutely 100% parasitic and want all of our souls they want us to 
yeah. starve to death. We will own nothing and we will like it. They want you to work for them. That's right. And mm-hmm. that's what you do. Mm-hmm. If you we, pay taxes, you're working for those people. Right. We are the producer class. We are the battery that runs their machine. And they I, want us to stay charged. I don't think I ran this by you, but recently I was saying something that Arya said about like welfare queens just sparked a, a realization in my head. Um, whenever I read something like The Giver or I've never read Brave New World, but I've heard about it. I always think about, luckily, we're not to the point yet where we have a breeder class of ladies who literally just live to have the babies. But I wouldn't say every mom. I'm not saying this about everybody who ends up having kids. But there is kind of a breeder class for the parasites to have a bunch of tax slaves in the form of they give these poor people I don't know how much money, $8,000 every kid they have. So they'll have like 10 kids a year. Not really. Obviously, it's not possible. But they have a whole bunch of kids just to keep uh, getting tax money. Then those people end up really poor. Those All their kids end up tax slaves, too, because they can't get out of the poverty cycle. It's a cycle. miserable life. It's, a tor- it's an un- incredible cycle that they're in. They, it's and hard to get people out of. feed. Like, that's why it's worth, the parasite, worth it to the parasites to give these welfare Absolutely. queen moms eight thousand dollars whatever and i think the people who created those programs knew exactly what they were doing when they did that they knew that would happen there's always free cheese in a mouse trap mm-hmm. and you will always catch mice in a mouse trap humans mm-hmm. and mice aren't that far apart cognitively no, that's true and they will run after that cheese every time and it will kill them every time and uh you know, there's a uh, somebody wrote a book. There's a guy who wrote a book called uh, "Please Stop Helping Us," hmm. and it was it was made. You know, some people are under the impression that welfare they associate welfare with one race or another, or one you know one. That's know, ridiculous. Even it's, it's absolutely insane. White I mean, people take the biggest chunk. White people in take the biggest chunk. You know, it it doesn't matter though because wherever you are, that machine is willing to give welfare money to anybody who will get addicted yeah, to it. It doesn't care what color they you are. They don't care what color you are. Um the guy who wrote this specific book was a black guy, but I mean it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. That that book I think applies to anybody who is, you know, I think in the black population they are more um, aware of what has been done to them, hmm. whereas I'm not sure the dirt poor white population that's on welfare realizes what's been done to them. Coming from an area that has a ton of people like that, yeah. Um, I, 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 I that's a good thought. You know, I hadn't really thought about it like that. They've been going through it forever. I think it was definitely aimed at the black population first and foremost. You got to remember that the government that was giving it out was extremely racist back then. It was mm-hmm. very common common to be a racist in in the you know 50s and 60s and and uh, that's when all those programs started to pop up. But um, it's kind of sad and horrifying. And how do we, you know, whenever I hear a poor person say, I want to stop being poor, I want to figure out how to do this. What's my way out? I'm like, hell yeah, dude, what can we do? Sure. Let's let's let, let's brainstorm on this. Let's make something happen. I mean, it is obviously possible to get out of the, the poverty trap, but it's not made any easier by government because not only do they have the incentives to be on welfare like you were talking about uh bonnie but also they have actual mechanisms in place to prevent you from creating wealth for yourself yeah absolutely uh, by for instance opening up your own business which of Mm -hmm. course the best way to do that if you're working for somebody 
you're not gonna you you're not re- you're never really gonna get ahead. No, nope. you're always putting most of your effort into helping that other person, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. If that's the lifestyle you want, you know, if you like the idea of having a job and having somebody to report to, then th- there's a place for people that that like that. Jobbers, uh, but uh, you know, if you uh, if you want to create something, if you want to go into business for yourself. Mm-hmm. Then the moment you start looking into that, the moment that is the moment you will be in many cases dissuaded because yep. it is so difficult, especially in certain areas of the country. You know, the more urban uh, areas, the more licensing, the more yeah. regulation. And you know, more- even I'll tell you, business is hard even before you jump yes. through all the hoops. Yep. When I started my first, when I, well, my, when I started my first business, when I s- decided I was going to go into business for myself. I failed miserably. That's what and you do. It, it hurt, yeah. and I went. I literally went hungry. I would buy a pound of a pound of bologna at mm-hmm. Aldi because it was a dollar, or a pound of hot dogs. I usually get the bologna because you get more meals out of a, a stack mm-hmm. of bologna, and that was what I was living on. Some days I would get bread with butter, and that's how poor I was yeah. trying to start my first business. I was roughing it. I was barely paying my rent, barely paying my uh, electric bill. And um, luckily, I had a piece of junk car that ran like a Swiss watch and always started for me, did everything I asked it to. Um, but that's that's the way it is. And, and you know, I think it, to take it, I want to continue. We'll continue that, the discussion because it, it sounds like you didn't have to ask government permission for this. I didn't business. do anything about okay, that. Okay, that's good. Uh, the number that helps when you don't have to ask sure permission. 603-283-6160 is the number here. That's 603-283-6160. Plus, apparently, they're now banning Russian in Ukraine. What? What? That's the newest thing. (laughs) It is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and the phones are open here. You can join us. At 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, Matt, and Bonnie are in the studio here tonight. And, of course, you can join us online anytime you want. Just go to freetalklive.com. You can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners and some of the hosts on social.freetalklive.com. That's our social media server. It's running Mastodon. That means it's open source. Uh, That means it is federated, which means it's connected to other Mastodons, thousands of them all around the uh, the planet. It's a very, very cool system. And unlike Twitter or Facebook or some of these big tech mega corporations, we get to set our own policies there about what's allowed and what's not. And so you get a lot more freedom to speak if you're over on our server at social.freetalklive.com. Also, uh, Liberty and... Your Lifetime is a conference put on by the Free Cities Foundation. Our very own Mark Edge is going to be speaking there in October, the 21st through the 23rd. The conference theme is Parallel Structures for Progress, and they're going to be showcasing autonomous cities and intentional communities springing up around the world, offering opportunities for settlers to live freer lives. So if that sounds interesting to you, you want to be in Prague between October 21st and 23rd for the Free Private Cities event, you go to their website, lifetimeliberty.com, and use code FTL20, and you'll save 20% on your tickets there again it's in prague october 21st through the 23rd their website lifetimeliberty.com code ftl20 matt you wanted to keep talking about this uh entrepreneurship and the difficulty that a a young or old entrepreneur might face in just trying to get their own business Mm -hmm. started we were talking about how frustrating it can be it 
and especially so for a poor person. If you if you're oh, man, rich rough. and you can afford lawyers, then you can open a business. Yep. It's not a problem. You hire enough attorneys, they do the research, they fill out the paperwork with whatever government regulatory bodies, they grease you grease whatever palms you need to mm-hmm. at the government bureaucrat, you know, goon squad, and then they let you, you know, they give you the paperwork and you open up and that's it. Yep. But if you are middle class or poor person, it, it's very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. And they do that on purpose yeah. because they want to protect the existing establishment. Totally. If, the, if it's the restaurant business, which you've had some experience in, uh-huh. they want to protect the established restaurants. Well, yeah. there's that. They want to protect the establishment, but they also want to keep their working class, their welfare class, their tax slave class, their tax save, save class. Sure. Yeah. From rising up. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to rise up. And and that's another, I'll go into that tangent in a second. Mm-hmm. But just, and a lot of times it's not even to protect an established class because where I was trying to go, I was just trying to make a buck. Like I wasn't even trying to make big money. I was trying to make st- any money, <laughs> you know? And one thing I found, it's a, it was a terrible idea, is you never try to go into business and concentrate on a business doing what you love. I'm going to do what I love. I'm going to be my own boss and do what I love. Hmm. Chances are very high that you're going to fail at business. And if you do succeed at something you love, you will quickly learn to hate it hmm. because, <laughs> because you're doing it constantly, right? Hmm. Which is good and bad. But So what I did is I threw all my emotion to the wind. I don't care what I like or what I don't like. I'm going to figure out 10 things that I can do, and I put them on a piece of paper, and I wrote them all down, and I started businesses, little micro-businesses surrounding every one of them. I would Hmm. rake leaves. I would rake stone. I Hmm. would mow lawns and do landscaping type of stuff. I would do... Um, I got so I was selling tons of stuff. I was brokering cars at one point. I was finding rare cars for people and going and procuring and bring them back. I was doing everything. And I just, at the end of the day, stuck with the one business that was making me the most money. Hmm. That's an interesting approach. Yep. I stopped fooling around with the rest of it. It was too much outlay for too, like I love finding cars, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't making me as much money as right. you know cleaning out people's attics and sticking all the stuff on eBay. That was a lot like, of overhead too when you're dealing with overhead. cars. Oh yeah, totally. And you need a lot of storage and delivery. It's it's a, it's a pain in the butt. Um, ownership, you know, who has the title? Mm-hmm. You know, that's chasing that stuff around sucks. So and then uh, you're dealing with government. And you're again. dealing you're with about government titles. again. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, now, what were you saying, Bonnie? Wanna, they also don't want the lower class people to rise up. Or right. They want them to be in, or there dependent is that, But I would government. like to expand on that and say they also don't want the people who are in the strata above that to go out of their strata either. Mm-hmm. They like to keep everybody right where they are. If you're already like upper middle class, say you make 250 grand a year, 300 grand a year, you're doing pretty good. They don't want you making any more than that. They hmm. want to keep you down. They don't want too many rich people. They don't want any, you know, and if you're going to get mega, mega, mega rich like Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, it's probably going to be because you kissed a ring hmm. at some point and somebody in the government gave you some, you know, some tariff uh, breaks or, you know, who, who what, whatever kind of tax breaks you can get to put up a factory. You know, somebody, you grease the right palm at that point, and now you're allowed to elevate to that class of people. Well, and that's really based on just not, not understanding economics. The whole idea of, well, we can be the only rich people. We need to keep everybody else out because competition bad. Well, unless you're competing with that person in that specific industry that they're in, there's no harm to them by you getting rich because 
wealth increases over time. There's, and, there's and not we'll, a finite pie right. that, oh, well, I got mine, so you can't have... Well, you know, see, that's how I know that it isn't just about money for the parasites. Mm-hmm. The parasites I want agree. control. It's about power. It's yeah. about power I think control. the people who are truly in power in the world, I'm talking about whoever George Soros' boss is, these mm-hmm. are people who are literally creating the money. They have no use yeah, they have for money. All the money. They, they haven't had any need for money in generations. Right. And now it's all about bone-crushing power. Yeah. And just what else could it be about? It couldn't be about anything to and my knowledge. A lot of people get stuck in that they end their thought process that it's just about you know keeping uh, the businesses that are rich already rich, keeping the rich rich. And I think that that's just kind of a facade. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is. That's the number one reason why regulations exist yeah, is to but, keep the existing structure in mm-hmm. place and having no one rising up to challenge it because they don't want to lose that revenue. I mean, it's certainly. I don't think the, that they care about money. I think that it's not that they don't want to lose that revenue. I think that it's that those people got bribed. You can be the owner of something called Amazon one day if you just uh, do everything we tell you to do, whatever. And you'll be mega, mega rich. It's not that, and then they have to protect them so that way they're the, they're the protected Amazon monopoly. See, I don't think it works out. I don't think uh, Jeff Bezos was selected. He created a, I think he created a legitimate small business that became something you know amazing. He was led into the that that right. hall of power. Uh, but I mean, when you're when you're bringing in like you're importing trillions of dollars worth of Chinese garbage. I mean, there is a lot of tariff talk to go on how does it cost the same amount of postage to ship something from china as it does from pennsylvania (laughs) answer that for me subsidized yeah so there's stuff going on deals were made and i'm sure bezos was involved in all of those conversations Mm -hmm. you know these are important conversations at the top and people were given uh people were given breaks there's no doubt he's one of them now but i don't think he in the old days i suspect he probably wasn't because you know everybody was betting against amazon back in the day there was a lot of like big news publications that were just ah (laughs) yeah this is never gonna work that kind of thing and it worked they'd be smart to stay a bookstore yeah yeah he created something that hadn't been done before and that's really the way that you can the only way you can really innovate in the same way that uber Uh, and lyft i was just giving an example you just kind of got stuck on me saying amazon i just think that even if he started this business himself, he could have gotten an offer like, do you want to make your business go crazy? And you just got to do these things for us. There's more coming up here at 603-283-6160. Well, he's definitely doing a lot of hosting now for the U.S. federal government with his hosting company. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Talk live and the phones are open here. If you want to join us, the number is 603 283 6160. You can bring up whatever you want at 603 283 6160. And you can join us online anytime you want. Just head over to freetalklive.com. You can do that there. Also, I want to say thanks to bitcoin.com, longtime sponsor here on Free Talk Live. If you want to start the process of 
learning about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, then just click Get Started at the top of the page over at Bitcoin.com. You'll get some introductory videos there. You can... I recommend watching at least the first one, but dig in as deep as you want. It's a very, very deep topic, but you can go as deep into it as you want to. You don't have to learn how the programs work, how no. Bitcoin programming no, works. Bitcoin's simple. Like Cryptocurrency is pretty simple. But uh, you should get down some of the basic concepts like you know decentralized currency, why that matters, why you should be cutting out the middlemen of currency like the big bankers and the governments of the world. And you can do that. At Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started at the top of the page. You can also get their news headlines uh, and in-depth coverage of that over at news.bitcoin.com. That's news.bitcoin.com. So we've been talking so far tonight about sort of the establishment and how they try to keep upstarts away. And regulations, welfare, these are two kind of important prongs. I'm sure there's more than that, but those are the ones that come to mind. Keeping poor people poor keeping people with an entrepreneurial mindset which they also through the government schools try to eliminate mm-hmm. by the way they yep. don't teach entrepreneurialism yeah they they teach good wage slaves correct yeah they, they, want, they, they want everybody to funnel into a job at yep. the end of it all yeah they want you to get a job they want you to work as a you know a job holder for your entire career and then retire and rely on the government to take care of you that's what they want uh, they also want a lot of people on welfare and not working at all because those people always vote for more government. So there's that in, there's that disincentive mm-hmm. to you know what I noticed when I moved working. to New Hampshire that I I wasn't expecting it kind of hit me took me by surprise what's very that? pleasant surprise you drive around New Hampshire even like the back roads mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like little signs on everybody's lawn quilting shop. Hmm. I'll cut your hair. I'll yeah. groom your dog. Like everybody in New Hampshire seems to have a side hustle. Honey for sale, eggs oh, for sale. Oh yeah, everywhere, yeah. everywhere. Fresh beef. I mean, you name it. People got a hustle. Everybody has a hustle. Crazy story. Just to retell it, even though it was Tuesday, Conan uh, offered eggs for sale at his house, and the insurance company saw it and canceled his home insurance. Oh what? my god! Yeah, crazy. Wow, All state that. apparently. Why? Agent was driving around, saw the ad, and said, you can't do that. We're canceling your home insurance. What a busybody. Unless yeah. he was sent specifically to go check out his house, but still. Yeah. It's nuts. So I mean, what it, it, did they give any? It's odd to me. I have I hold an insurance license. I wonder if, like, why, I, I would, if there was something jeopardizing the company at that point that, you know, the, you got to keep your... You're trying to keep your costs as low as you can because you're trying to make the biggest, you know, make room for the biggest claims possible. And if one person's going to put the company at risk doing stupid things on their property, then you would, I would talk to them Did first. people have to like, cancel their policy right away. Is there anything in his policy that says he can't sell eggs? I'm going to guess it's uh, it's probably in there, right? I mean, I haven't read the damn policy. Well, did people have to enter the house to get the eggs or were they outside? I don't recall. Probably, most of them just sell them outside. There's yeah, like a right? cooler or something. They leave it outside. It's the honor system here in most yeah. of New Hampshire, from what I've seen. It's just right there by the, the road in most I cases. I want to know like what in his policy says he can't sell eggs at his house. That is bizarre sounding to me. And the Maybe they're worried of, somebody's going to get sick and sue him, right? I mean, that's got to be it. Homeowners? That's just so Doesn't make weird sense, to me. But. It's so weird. And why would they just cancel the policy? Why Instead wouldn't they at him? least go, yeah, say, hey. Yeah. I'm but your this, friendly neighborhood insurance agent. I just want to let you know we got your policy, and it says in your policy 
this is probably a bad idea. I don't want to make a big deal out of it, but just let you know. It could yeah, be cut a big it deal. out. Cut it out. Uh, but this is an example of how the corporate structure backs itself up. They all help, you know, they all scratch the government's back basically right. together. It's, oh, well. And you, you know, cannot go into competition with them. There's no getting, those licenses are absurdly expensive to get. I'm not talking yeah. about my little you license. You mean like I'm a farming license or business something? Business licenses or USDA for insurance. Or, yeah. like, to be an insurance company, you got to have an army of lawyers to start Well, but in this case, up. they're protecting big companies like eggs, egg sellers, right? Right? Like they're protecting the, the standard grocery distribution system by Possibly, going yeah. after people who just want to sell homemade, you know, homegrown eggs, if you will, mm-hmm. from their front lawn. I would almost wonder if this wasn't a politically motivated attack. Maybe they know who Conan is and they don't like him. Could so be. they have the power to be a pain in his butt and they're gonna. Either That's way, what I was thinking. That's the thing. They can use what are the these- odds they're just driving around and if they were targeting Looking outside his house or something—that's crazy. Yeah, I thought and he had snitched. The reaction snitched is on him, so weird. He seemed to know how it had had come down. So, and this just goes back into the whole idea of regulations keeping poor people down, keeping mm-hmm. people out of competition from these big marketplaces where the establishment is established for a reason. They're established because there's no way that you can easily legally compete with them. It's like, it's prohibited. When um I w- I had graduated from high school, some boys from my class that graduated the same year as me, they started a business, a moving business, and it had been like three years since we graduated. I was like, how did you, like, what did you have to jump through? Can you explain, like, what you had to do to start a business? Mm Because to me, it was like a mystery. I hadn't met that many people that started their own businesses. My dad was in the Army his whole life, so uh, war welfare, Mm -hmm. and uh, my mom didn't work. And I was just like, what did you have to do? And he's like, I had to get this license, you know, these different things, I had to pay this tax. And I was like, but how did you figure it out to begin with? And he was like, I just went to meetings of people that were like young, it was like young Young entrepreneur class, or not class, but like meeting. Like he just went to boring clubs and met the right people. They helped him figure out what he needs to do. Hmm. And those those groups are everywhere. Um, There's one in Keene. Yeah, Nick. Hmm. There's a couple in Keene. Nikki belongs to one called BNI. That's international. They're all over the place. What's that stand for? Business. Um, something international. Know, something international. Yeah. <laughs> but but they're real. They have like business chapters. networking. There's, there's actually business networking. That's my, I'm just going to guess. I do think that's what it is. Because that's all these groups really are. It's just networking groups. Yeah. They have you know luncheons and dinners or they whatever. Do. And, and she loves it. It's yeah. been good for her. So like they they only allow one person from each profession in each really? chapter. So you can't have more than one. Wow. Tax attorney in a chapter. Whoa. You can't have one more than one yoga instructor in an attorney. You can't have more than one, you know, oh, whatever, you know, you know, restaurant owner in a chapter. So they and they help each other out. Chiropractor, you know, Nikki's going to hook me up mm-hmm. with a chiropractor here in town that she met through. Really. And huh. there's another that costs money to be a part of. And then there's another oh. one called um, Young Professionals. I think it was Keen Young Professionals. Keen Young Professionals, a different thing. I'm not sure those guys are anybody there is specifically going to know how to help you set up a business because a lot of them, professional doesn't necessarily mean entrepreneur. Oh. Oh, I see what you mean. You know, yeah, professionally, like a doctor, you could be a doctor. Doesn't mean you own your own practice. Good point. So, I mean, but you know, it's good to network. It's good to talk to people. And if you find an old businessman, there's no way he's gonna hear you talk about having a hard time setting up your paperwork, and he's not gonna jump in and help you. Hmm. And most people who are in business were there, and they hate seeing people go through it, and they want to help. Yeah. So just ask me, hey man, what do I do about you know what's an LLC and how do I do that? You know, well here it's what I, you know, here's how I did it and works for me. 
Yeah, so that's a good approach is to network with people that have already done it. And some people are going to be protective. They're going to say, oh, those are business secrets. I'm not going to tell you. But I agree with you, Matt. I think there's a large number of people. I've always been one of them. If somebody ever called me up and asked me questions about, you know, how do you get started in talk radio or whatever, and they just want to pick my brain, I'm always more than happy to to talk to somebody. You know, I was just thinking the other one Nikki uh, toys around with, it's called uh, Evo Biz Devo. It's evolution of business development and that's mm. a free same type of thing as uh the the bni was talking mm-hmm. about but it's a free one to join it mm-hmm. operates similarly the same way and i think these things are great for people who are trying to get a leg up evo biz devo i don't think they mm-hmm. make any money at all it's just kind of a voluntary thing everybody ships in and helps out but that's so, a good way to network so that's one way to do it and then another one would be to essentially you know apprent- um, apprentice with somebody you know sure. maybe you already know something like in the case of your friend that had the moving business maybe he'd already worked for a moving company or something like no, they that. just thought what can we do with they wanted to wrap cars and they were like well we'd have to mm-hmm. all learn how to do that we'd have to get um things but the least amount of things we'll have to get is something we just have to use our bodies for so that's why, yeah. why they went with moving but my point was if he had already worked for somebody then he would already have some knowledge of how the business ran uh, there's also the possibility that uh, you know you could intern somewhere if you didn't already have that uh, experience. Basically, work for free in return for uh, for knowledge. And of course, if you've been working somewhere and uh, the old man that owns the place is looking to retire and he doesn't have a kid to hand it off to, you might be able to buy his client list from him. Right. So that's also a possibility. More totally. coming up. Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. We've been talking about entrepreneurship and the the drive that the people in power have to keep anyone with entrepreneurial spirit, uh, spirit out of business, to keep poor people poor, to keep middle class people middle class and to uh, you know restrict. Yeah, access. and you were talking about how like even in schools they're gearing kids towards just being good wage slaves. And yeah, if you, that's what if those you, schools were designed for. It is. And if you stand back now and look at what they're saying on the internet, capitalism bad, entrepreneurship mm. bad. And these are like the normies saying it. They're Especially like college. It. Yeah. Oh, college is the worst. I mm-hmm. mean, the co- college has always been that way because mm. people who can do and people who can't teach. Hmm. So that's true. That's what you get with professors, basically. If so, there are any professors listening right now, fight me. If you want to call in, you can. The number is 603-283-6160. By the way, we are off the air as far as YouTube is concerned. They apparently have given us another strike. So now we have two whole strikes. And if you get three, they delete the channel entirely. Cool. Can we get it tonight? Uh, well, we're not streaming there because they won't let you. Oh, right, right, right. So they've restricted our streaming access there. And so, again, if you want to follow the show on video format, uh, the easiest way, the best way to do it is through Odyssey, which you can do over at video.freetalklive.com. That's video.freetalklive.com. Just give us uh, give our give our show, a, our channel, rather, a follow over there. We Odyssey's awesome. I, I wish everybody would just migrate to Odyssey. Completely. They should. There's actually been a fair amount of YouTube uh, creators that have I know have either left YouTube completely or are on both platforms because Odyssey does make it easy if you are currently a YouTube yeah. channel uh, when you sign up for Odyssey. You just basically you click a box 
and then it's a relatively fast process to begin uh, what they consider to be like an ingest or an import. Basically, it just takes in every single video that you already had on your YouTube channel and just puts it right onto your Odyssey channel for you. And it takes some time. Like if you've got a bunch of videos, you might have to wait for a day or something like that. Right. But but it will finish that process, and uh, and then it's all over there, and then it's up to you to. Well, actually, I think if you keep uploading to YouTube, it just continues to ingest every upload that you do. That's cool. Um, which is what we did with the free keen channel for some time but then um i made the switch after youtube just keep getting just kept getting worse and worse it just kept getting more oppressive and eventually i said you know what instead of uploading things to youtube first i'm going to upload things to odyssey first i turned off the linkage between the youtube and the odyssey because you don't you don't have the link on while you up if you upload to odyssey first because then if you upload youtube it uploads again to odyssey so you have to turn that off so i turned that off and then we started uploading to Odyssey. And what I did at that time was I also said, I'm not even going to upload the full video to YouTube. I'm going to upload a teaser video to YouTube for everything that, that we upload to the Freekeen channel. So YouTube doesn't get the full content anymore. If you want to see whatever the new video is from the Freekeen channel, you have to watch it on Odyssey. There's no other way to Good. do it. So. Yeah, that's that's the ultimate step. That's the final step. To, but besides just shutting off the YouTube channel, which I mean, if you still have it, you might as well put it, yeah. something there. But essentially, yeah. every video is just a Maybe teaser. YouTube will turn into the platform of teasers. <laughs> Maybe what I a, mean, what they a do. garbage place it would completely yeah, it's so be. Ba- then. It's so bad right <laughs> now. Awful. It's so corporate. And, and again, we're talking about the uh, the big rising mm-hmm. to the top, the big helping the big. Now you've got YouTube owned by Google that's helping the big by promoting videos from CNN or yep. Fox or MSNBC or, you know, a lot of these big mega corporations. The government. Even just like things that aren't as serious, like makeup gurus. It used to be when I was like 10, the makeup gurus I would watch would be girls in their bathrooms, just like, this is how I do it. And then mm-hmm. some of them would... Uh, blow up because they would be just really fun to watch good personalities and stuff like that and nowadays it's like all of the people who make uh makeup and uh try on haul videos and all that stuff they're all sponsored people that they only you only get um recommended to watch people that like pay youtube to of course promote their videos and it's just not as you know you can't just like uh i need some money let me start a youtube video or channel because it's just like well one oversaturated so sure everybody's doing it now and then, as people, as young people were growing up, what YouTube bought or uh, Google bought YouTube in like the late aughts, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, and then it became very popular, and so you had a lot of young people, and they're they're ten or eleven or twelve. So, I want to be a YouTube star when I yeah. grow up, and so they did. They did their, you know, they tried that. They entered that marketplace, and so it's got a, like you said, an oversaturation of people that want to do this. Because uh, now it's ten years later, they're in their twenties, right? Yeah, so. but now now YouTube isn't even paying out like it used no. to. It's not even worth mm-hmm. doing it. I mean, yeah. people people with like five million followers. It's, I don't know if you know, but this kid next door to us has a YouTube channel, yeah, with like three million followers. If I don't know if you ever watched him, they're hilarious. I've seen a couple of them. Yeah. So them dumb funny. and funny. Um, but uh, you understand why? You know, all his entire his sister told me his entire user base is like nine to eleven year old yep. boys. You know, it's just silly stuff. And uh, but. I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's making about as much money now as he was when he had 500,000 followers because in that time. Because of the demonetization. They just demonetized and yeah. demonetized, demonetized. And YouTube is getting, uh, they got a great thing going there because everybody else is doing the work and they're just sitting back deciding who gets to be heard and who doesn't get to be heard and they collect a check on it. It's time to abandon those guys. YouTube is yeah. terrible. Who would ever subject themselves to that? And I certainly, I feel bad for going on there and watching anything. Hmm. 
I'm not to the point where I feel bad about it necessarily, but I do wish that more content was over on Odyssey. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to see those those switches uh, being thrown. And you you talked you know to back to go to the conversation we had earlier, Bonnie, about the corporate corporate backing corporate big backing big regulations. Uh, you mentioned these YouTubers get sponsored, and then if they were controversial before, they got to cut that out. Yeah, because. You can't have a big corporate sponsor and say something that could possibly offend right. one of the viewers because they want to make sure that your message is going as far and as wide as possible. They want to get their, their money's worth, so to speak. And so that's when the restrictions start coming into play. If you weren't already restricted by what YouTube says you can and can't say, which is already a, you know some level of restriction, then the sponsor themselves will say, well, we heard you talking about X mm-hmm. the other day and... Look, we didn't sponsor your makeup channel so you could talk about X. Mm. So you need to stop doing that or else we're out. And then yeah, now we you're freedom we don't of speech. Really wanna, we don't really want to support your abortion opinion, yeah. you know, so whatever. They're not going to pull the plug on stuff all the time. Yeah, which is one of the reasons why it's important to have direct viewer support. And that's one of the nice things about the Internet. And, you know, we've had our AMPS program here for a very long time on Free Talk Live where listeners can contribute five bucks a month. And we give our appreciation. There's a few perks involved in that. But that's such an important uh, business model for people that are creating content online is you don't have to have a sponsor. I get it that it's great if you can get one because it means you've made it, right? Like if you can get some big makeup company to sponsor your your videos on YouTube, then you must have some minimum number of viewers. You've you've gotten to a certain level, and that's, that's certainly a big deal. Uh, but those people can cut you off. At, at, at a moment's notice yep. or give you no notice and just end that relationship. And if that's all you were relying on, you're done for. You in need trouble. to have a diversified, you know, uh, revenue yep. from people, individuals that appreciate what you do. Uh, so if you want to help us with that, you can go to amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. And, of course, the phones are open here tonight. Maybe there's people out there that have experience in these areas. You're welcome to join us. I, you know, we can talk about it. I've always observed this phenomenon and and been interested in it. By no means are we experts at it because we're just a radio show that has an online presence and honestly, not a very good one. Right. Okay. Well, you don't, I mean, we don't like work towards it, so it's just kind of there. Well, there's not much that we can do and we're going to try to, we're going to maybe make some changes in the uh, the next week or two that we're hoping might have an effect on that, Mm -hmm. Uh, but when you're doing a broadcast radio show in a space, in this case, again, we've got radio stations. We are a radio show, first and foremost. But in a space online where people aren't used to commercials, people sure as hell aren't used to four breaks an hour uh, of commercials, which is what we do on the radio, it just doesn't it doesn't fly, honestly. We mm-hmm. cannot. We have had zero growth and I've been, uh, over the years I on, was online. making some strides with TikTok, and I just got bored of it i just kept forgetting that it existed and then being like oh i have to go make a tiktok you're talking about when the free talk live tiktok yeah 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 i forgot about my free talk live well the on ones you know the online ones i don't think they're really making any money either i think they're just you know that a lot of the on which online ones like just like like youtube yeah podcasting like that a lot of them are so joe rogan's making money well joe rogan is i mean let's not let's not compare anything to joe rogan he's way outside what i'm talking about about he got paid by spotify a lot of people they're they're merching they're doing a ton of merch and they're doing a ton of like Mm -hmm. giveaways and things like that to draw viewers 
The number here is 603-283-6160. You can weigh in on uh, online media, entrepreneurship, regulations, whatever you want to talk about. Then we also, I do want to get to some of the news here and the latest insanity out of Ukraine, not having to do with the conflict per se, but banning the Russian language. It's Free Talk Live. Hour two's next. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. You can join us online anytime you want. Just go to freetalklive.com. There's lots of features there. We give them to you, like a lot of those other talk shows that want to charge you for accessing their websites. You can go to freetalklive.com. So uh, if you want to join the show, you can bring up anything you want. That's kind of the point here on Free Talk Live. Uh, But we also bring things from the news that we think you might find interesting. And with the whole Ukraine-Russia conflict... There's the propaganda from places in the Western media, the governments of the Western world, has been that Ukraine supports freedom. Ukraine is fighting for freedom. If you support freedom, you should support Ukraine. All they're trying to do is be free, and Russia is aggressing against them trying to be free. And that is the official government and propaganda line. Now, what is the truth of the matter? Well, it's impossible to really know because we're not there. And even if we were there, we still probably wouldn't know what the truth is. We do know what the other side says. And that's because, thankfully, in the United States, we still have access to RT. In fact, we were talking about Odyssey earlier, which is the online video platform that's to some extent backed by the library technology at LBRY.com. But RT, Russia Today is available through Odyssey, so their video service that they have, because they've got their website with articles, text articles, uh, but their video service is available through uh, Odyssey when it's been banned from every other platform, all the mainstream platforms out there on the planet. When certain areas of the world have actually put a ban on RT access in any way, shape, or form, Odyssey still has it. Isn't that loony? It's just the way it is, you know. the 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 world outside of Russia and uh, India and some of uh, Asian countries, 
A lot of the, the mainstream Western countries have turned against Russia, despite the fact that now it's going to be a real cold winter coming up for some people in uh, in Europe, as we learned this week, where Spain is now telling people they if, they're, if you run a public business, you cannot have air conditioning lower than 80 degrees what? right now. Yeah. Wait, like, so why did you say it's going to be a cold winter? They're not going to let them have heaters? Uh, they're going to restrict it. Wow. Yeah, so they're already putting in restrictions on air conditioning. They're trying to prepare people for what's going to come this winter, which is going to be more energy restrictions. So it's going to be a tough winter, and that's because, well, the Russian energy supplier, Gazprom, has cut the the mm. natural gas supply to one-fifth of what it was previously running into Europe. Wow. So prices are going up because there's not as much to go around, and restrictions uh, from those governments are coming into place. But we're expected to believe that Ukraine is this bastion of freedom. Well, a quick check of the freedom rankings out there, and there are different ones. The uh, Fraser Institute does one, and I think the Heritage Foundation does one. I don't have them in front of me right now. But usually Ukraine is kind of to the middle, lower part of the pack. It's not to the bottom. I mean, it's not North Korea bad there, uh, but it is pretty bad. It's certainly not in the top uh, echelon or anything like that of the world's most free countries. And uh, Russia's also very bad as well. They're both, in fact, Ukraine, it tends to be a little higher ranked than Russia as far as freedom is concerned, but not by that much. Mm. And so the whole idea that this is some sort of bastion of freedom is absolutely ridiculous on its face, just based on statistics and numbers. But if that's not good enough for you, then all you have to do is actually look at the news coming out of Ukraine. It was a few months ago, I think several months ago, that they announced they were banning the opposition party. Completely dismembering and banning the opposition party in Ukraine. So there's the party that's in charge, and then there's at least one other party that is sort of the Russian party, the people that are friendly to Russia, that don't want to, you know... uh, piss off putin or whatever they want their independence for the donbass region and that that sort of thing right because there's the eastern northeastern region or i guess it's eastern region of ukraine is the donbass that is what they uh, the russians say they started this war over they say putin said he went in there uh invaded that area specifically to support the independence movements that were in those areas that had declared independence but back d- in 2014. Did he say support the independence movements or he was going to take the Donbass region? No, he did not say he was going to take the Donbass region. He said, mm. Now, maybe that's in his long-term plan. I mean, mm. politicians lie. You certainly cannot trust uh, Putin any more than you can trust Joe Biden. But it's interesting what he said. And what he said was he was going in there to support their independence movements. And then further, he said they want to denazify the uh, Ukraine. And I think... They wanted to de-weaponize. I forget the... There was a denazify and a de-something yeah. else. So it was a larger... De-radicalize? Nah, I don't think I don't think that was it. But it was a larger uh, movement than just going into the, the Donbass, obviously, at this point. But as a result, the so-called freedom-oriented Ukraine has restricted politics to only the official parties. Here's what you're allowed to think. That's right. And now... You're only allowed to think in one language. According to RT.com, 
Kiev has now removed a range of courses from national school curriculum, and that's not all. Russian language and literature courses will no longer be taught in Ukraine, according to an updated curriculum posted by the Ministry of Education this week on their website. Among courses excluded were Russian and foreign literature, Russian language for general educational institutions with instruction in Russian for grades 5 to 9, and uh, for 10 to 11 with instruction uh, in Russian. While nearly all Russian and Belarusian books will be dropped from the school program, the ministry notes it will allow some works by authors who wrote in Russian but whose, quote, life and work were closely connected with Ukraine, unquote. According to the updated curriculum, foreign literature courses will now focus on works by writers, uh, presumably just from Ukraine. The ministry also announced that it will be updating its history courses in Ukrainian schools, quote, to take into account new historiographic developments, unquote. It will be updating courses on Ukrainian and world history to include the ongoing military conflict, which, of course, they're only going to include their side. Uh, And then that's not it. Ukrainian officials last month introduced a new stage of the law on, quote, ensuring the functioning of the Ukrainian language as a state language, unquote, which introduces... Fines for speaking Russian. Oh what? my God! The law applies to workers. Well, at first I thought, sorry, I, when you first told us just the headline, I was like, are they just actually making it illegal to do it? But then when you started telling me all this, I was like, oh, they're just basically phasing out Russian by not teaching it to people anymore in schools and not providing classes in no, Russian. It, but it no, further. they are making fines against people speaking Russian. Now I don't know what. It means when it says, because we don't know the political process in Ukraine, so when this article says Ukrainian officials introduced a new stage of the law on ensuring the functioning of the Ukrainian language as a state language. So what is a stage of a law, right? Like, is that a uh, an amendment to an existing mm-hmm. law? Are they update? Sounds like they're updating an existing statute of, of some sort, uh, but it's not clear as to whether or not that has passed. It just says they've introduced it. So does that mean it's a, you know, it's law yet or what? I was uh, I was interested in it. It says 43 to 46% of the population of Ukraine speaks Russian. Yeah. Well, it's and, a huge amount of people. Now, yeah. they are saying that, uh, quote, citizens of the country must use the Ukrainian language in all aspects of social life, unquote. This is the commissioner who called for the protection of the state language, Taras Kremen, Explained calling on people to report offenders to local law enforcement. The law applies to workers and institutions such as government agencies, education, science, and media. So, doesn't sound like they're banning everyone from speaking. Sounds uh, like Soviet Russia. It certainly sounds like something you would expect out of that. Yeah. But with no Russian. As you pointed out, Bonnie, Russia is or Russian is a native language in much of Ukraine and predominant in many cities in both the east and south of the country. However, Kiev has been taking steps to outlaw its use in most fields. So that's the latest. They've outlawed the opposition in politics, and they're now working towards outlawing the speaking of the Russian language. That's there. loony. Because they support freedom. Right? In Ukraine? Ukraine, yeah. Yeah, so they need billions of dollars to support their freedom efforts in Ukraine. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-61. Your tax dollars at work. Six zero. In other news, cable TV is uh, in trouble. There's a big first for streaming video. A new record has been set. And it doesn't look so good for the old media. I'll tell you more about that coming up. And you can join us here on Free Talk Live.
Free Talk Live. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever you want to discuss. The Ukrainian government now telling many of the people in Ukraine they're not allowed to speak Russian in certain businesses, for instance. Telling uh, schools they cannot teach in Russian anymore. Didn't they say in all aspects of social life? That's what they said, uh, one of the ministers or whatever said publicly, but apparently that certain industries that are being told that they cannot speak Russian. So you want to comment on that, you're welcome to do so. And he said to tell on your neighbors, snitch, snitch them out if they're speaking Russian. How else would you know? Uh, so if you want to join us here, the number is 603-283-6160. Don't forget, you can join us online over at freetalklive.com. And I want to thank JCOM3030, who is a diamond-level supporter on our AMPS program. The AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It is a way for you to help support what we do here on Free Talk Live and get some cool perks. And uh, you do that all over at amps.freetalklive.com. That takes you over to our Patreon, where you can get signed up for as little as 5 bucks a month. Uh, JCOM's doing quite a bit more than that, so thank you. For the extra support there. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, but once again, it's amps.freetalklive.com. Matt, you probably remember payphones. Why would you say that? <laughs> Bonnie, you, have you ever seen a payphone before? I think I have in some specific places. Like I can't think of where exactly, but Bonnie, I feel like have I have. have you ever put a quarter in a payphone so your mom would call to pick you? No. Bonnie, have you ever called your mom without dialing collect on a payphone and just clicking the receiver to Ooh. make the yes or no sound so you didn't have to pay to use the payphone. No. That's really old. <laughs> I don't think you could do that for recent, in recent decades. <laughs> okay, uh, then. You're talking about phone so freaking. So that's a no. I think that's called phone freaking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's also the, uh, the old tones you could play into the receiver that's to right. make it think that you were putting money into the the device yeah, that oh was goodness. ultra top level dork stuff yeah. though that wasn't normie people that's that's why they named 2600 the hacker quarterly 2600 because the 2600 hertz tone i think was one of the coin oh i think it was one of the you know the i coin, think somebody explained uh, it because there's a conference for that right it's a big conference called the 2600 yeah. and yeah. uh you know josh uh josh uh where's that yeah, all the hacker the, geeks love, he has love that, that hat. stuff yeah. yeah unfortunately they uh they jumped the shark during covid Oh, so, of course they did. Yeah, and they went all mask crazy. So a lot of the freedom-loving people haven't been back to that conference Bummer. since 2020. Uh, but if you want to join the show, you can join us here. I want to talk about the death of the payphone. This is one that I've actually had in, in show prep for, for a few weeks. Uh, but it's it's one I didn't want to miss. because it's, Sorry, it's death from years ago? Or like, are you saying it's just now dying? Well, sort of like it's it's been dying over the last... I don't know, two decades, basically. Ever since cell phones be- started to become ubiquitous, the more popular cell phones became, the less popular payphones became. And now, as of late May, and this is sort of like the, one of those last moments, New York City removed the last public payphone in late May. New York City. So we're officially not living in the Matrix anymore. I was going to make a Matrix joke. <laughs> yeah, you can't get out, I guess. You can't get out. Oh, Either God. we are in the Matrix and you can't get out. Mm. Or, oh, no. Uh, the city has been installing Link NYC kiosks, this according to CNBC.com, which offers services like free phone calls, Wi-Fi, and device charging. And they've got an image here of workers removing the final New York City payphone 
near 7th Avenue and 50th Street in Midtown Manhattan. You know, one of those booths where you'd had a couple phones in one booth and people could go in and deposit Why remove it? Like, are they replacing it or does it not get used? They're probably not getting used that often. Uh, As they point point out here, CNBC.com, the boxy enclosures were once an iconic symbol across the city, but the rise of cell phones made them obsolete. So we're stuck in the Matrix and Superman can't help us. That's right. Is that where he goes in and change? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the efforts. These aren't enclosed booths. These are still like half open behind mm. you. The effort to replace public pay telephones across the city kicked off in 2014 when the administration then solicited proposals to reimagine the offering, according to the city's Office of Technology and Innovation. Officials selected CityBridge to develop and operate Link NYC kiosks, which offer services such as free phone calls, Wi-Fi, and device charging. The city began removing street payphones in 2015 to replace them with those kiosks. There are now nearly 2,000 of those across the city. Wait, explain the kiosks they're replacing them with? Well, without having actually used them, I, I can't give any details, but they claim that they're giving free Wi-Fi, free phone calls, and device charging. So for... People that need that stuff. So the device charging, they're going to be pulling data off the phone while it's charging. Possibly. Phone calls, they're going to listen to every single one of them and record Mm -hmm. them. Any data that it goes to, they're going to take a copy of as well. Can they pull data off a wireless charger? Like, because there's some of those little wireless charging pads. Can they get data from your phone from that? No, probably not. That's just, I think, induction, if I recall the technology correctly. It's a certain electricity old electricity technology and and it's not very efficient so Hmm. that's why those things don't charge very quickly but who knows you never know what they have they haven't told us about they're sticking in the you know intelligence agencies have all kinds of cool technology they don't tell anybody about quote just like we transition from the horse and buggy to the automobile and from the automobile to the airplane the digital evolution has progressed from payphones to high-speed wi-fi kiosks to meet the demands of our rapidly changing daily communication needs said the commissioner in the release in the final public pay telephones will pay telephone will be displayed at the museum of the city of new york as part of an exhibit looking back at the life of the city before computers so i don't know if this means that Every payphone is actually gone from New York City because depending on how you interpret this, it sounds like at the very least, the city is no longer operating payphones. So it yeah, there might like, be private ones. Yeah, right? there may still be. There's probably some some private backroom bar with like a phone booth possibly in the corner. Possibly, but it, they're getting hard to find. I mean, pretty much anywhere you go these days, it is very hard to find uh, pay phones. It's also if you do see one, there's a good chance that it's just kind of like not operable anymore. Right. That the you know the phone itself, the handset isn't there, or it's been torn out, or something like that. And just there's just like you know some guts remaining, and it's very very hard to find this uh, this technology. And you know I think that even a lot of homeless people have cell phones, right? So not even they would be utilizing because you got the Obama phone that came out. Or was it a decade and a half ago or something like that at this point? And so, you know, the government is subsidizing cell phones for people. Right. So if if you don't have a cell phone, it's because you don't want one. Not right. because they're not affordable, because they're cheaper than they've ever been. If you're going to pay for it, then, you know, you what do you, 20 bucks a month, I think, some of these these plans now that include data in, in a lot of cases. So they're just, uh, rest in peace, pay phones. The, the part where they said that they're going to put it in a museum did kind of make it kind of creepy even to me. Creepy? Just makes it seem more like we live in the future. I don't like it. Well, 
I mean, it's it's definitely true. Things have changed over time, and the payphone probably does belong in the museum next to the newspaper. I mean, the, the newspaper is also this sort of anachronistic thing that, for whatever reason, still exists. I don't know how they go on. They're barely, I mean, they're limping on. It, we just read a story, I think, a couple weeks ago saying the industry has dropped from like 71,000 employees to 35,000 or something like that over the last decade or so. So, I mean, they're hurt. And their I number can't of imagine. Yeah, their subscriber numbers are going down. Their subscribers are literally dying off. And speaking of things changing to new media, we got to get into streaming versus cable. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 15th through the 18th for the 7th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Fork Fest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out in 2022. For 2023, we're going back to where it all started, the weekend before Pork Fest. Fork Fest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 15th through the 18th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest forum. You can find links to those at forkfest.party. We hope to see you there June 15th through the 18th. Forkfest.party. This is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. You can join us online anytime you want. Just head over to freetalklive.com and you can do that there. There's also something new that has come up recently, and that is there's now a movie, a documentary being put together, and it is about crypto, the Crypto 6. So uh, I am one of those Crypto 6. The federal government raided our studio in uh, March of last year. We were all here living uh, here at the time, Matt, you were our roommate. And so we all went through the raid. It was pretty harrowing. It was pretty awful. They destroyed some property. Luckily, they didn't shoot the dog, thank goodness. Uh, but they charged me and they charged uh, our co-host Nobody and Aria and three other of our friends with a bunch of victimless so-called financial crimes and uh aria and i are proceeding towards trial in this particular case and i guess mark contacted some filmmakers and they seem to be fairly talented they came over here and shot some footage and some interviews and stuff and they they cut together a trailer and uh they're trying to raise looks like sixty thousand euros to put this uh, movie together. So if you want to help with that, you're welcome to go over to movie.freetalklive.com. You can see the trailer there. The trailer is really good. It's called Ballad of the Crypto Six. That's uh, once again movie.freetalklive.com. So speaking of videos, the Wall Street Journal has a story about how there's a, a certain first that has just happened here, right? As along with uh, you got the end of payphones, newspapers dying off, television broadcast television has been having a tough time, and cable television has been suffering from something they call cord cutting. 
for the last couple of decades at least. Uh, do you guys know what cord cutting is? No. Just people stopping having cable? Yeah, it's just the, just the kind of this, the term for that. <laughs> uh, people who've decided, you know what? We don't really need this. I was surprised that my parents told me that they didn't have cable and they haven't for like five years or something. Really? I was just like, wow. You, you were I surprised that they because still... they always had it on or something? Were they one yeah, of those Yeah, they always households? had it on in my house when I was a kid. Fox uh, it News. drives me crazy. Yeah, Fox News was always on in my house. Uh, I, I just can't times. understand how somebody can have a you know, chatterbox going on constantly in the background. If it wasn't... Fox News playing because my parents were watching it and, or it was just on and we were doing other things. It was like a cartoon was on to pacify whoever mm-hmm. was a baby at the time. Well, you guys do have like six or seven kids in that family. So yeah, I guess it does, it probably makes sense that a lot of them, some of them would be watching TV at any given Like any given time. time, the living room TV was on. That would drive me nuts. Uh, but apparently what the, the big news is here is that Americans have now spent more time streaming... Then watching cable television. Hmm. First time ever. It just happened in July, according to, I believe, Nielsen, Ra- yeah, Nielsen Ratings. Well, I would have thought that would have happened a long time ago. You would have thought. I thought, yeah. But no, no, not until July of 2022. Wow. But now here we are. Uh, do you subscribe to any of the online streaming platforms? I have Netflix. Okay, okay. And uh, I think I canceled Hulu. We tried to cancel Hulu. Uh, we actually signed up for Hulu for the first month free, and are trying to hit. We tried to hit the cancel button last month or last night, and it wouldn't work. Whoa! It was it was I one was, of those. Oh, I was just gonna say I I don't know if it was just like the internet, and it was. I don't think it was normal. I think it was like some internet. Oh, thing. I think it's them. But I, I haven't think checked. They, absolutely, they do not want you to cancel their service. It's one yeah, of those things where they have three com- times where you're allowed to, or where you're going through to click. I want to cancel. Then they're like, are you sure? You have to click, yeah, I'm sure, three <laughs> yeah, you times. You have to do it three times. And on the third time, it just, a little bar comes up and then stops and nothing happens. And you click it again, the little bar comes up and stops and nothing happens. And there's no finishing <laughs> the process. I think we're going to have to contact uh, customer support in this case. And then you know what they're going to do is they're going to send you to the retention department. Yes, they're going to try to talk you out of it. Yeah. That's how they do this. Yeah, I did it with uh, Sirius Satellite Radio. Mm-hmm. Did I, you get a uh, discount? Oh, they gave me like 12 months for the price of a month. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll keep it then. Yep. I'll have to keep that in my car. It was like 12 bucks for a year. I'm in. For Netflix? No, for Sirius Serious. Satellite Radio. Oh. I, I I didn't realize, apparently those satellite radio uh, you know, providers are getting hard up. I didn't realize that they were unpopular. I thought they were great. They're not unpopular. They're, I think they're at record numbers. Uh, are they? Yeah. Well, at least, you know, I, I'm in the talk radio business, right? So I see the industry uh, news that comes out, and I recall seeing that they're doing very, very well. Well, they were ready to give me a whole bunch of, uh, of uh, serious for... Not well, much. they'd rather have you than not have you, right? Like 12 months for the price of a month? I mean, that is desperate. There's no doubt about it, but... That's more than they would get if you canceled the service, yeah. right? I mean, ultimately, the hardware's there. It's not like if you want to turn it on again, it costs them anything uh-huh. extra. You've already got yeah. what you need to receive the thing. So it's no skin off their back. You know, It doesn't cost them anything else to have that receiver operating versus not operating. That's right. surprising still to me. I don't know anyone that listens to that. I remember to my dad radio? got some kind of... Yeah, my dad got some kind of deal, too, for when he got his car. So we listened to it for like a year, and then we we're just like, okay, no, don't need yeah, to buy it just, this Yeah, it literally just shut off in my car, too, just mm-hmm. like last week. Like I guess, Oh, so you ran out of the 12 months? Well, not. It, I had the 12 months in my other car. I think oh, okay. the dealership that I bought my car from, that when I committed to buying the car in August, they started 
that for me, and then I didn't pick up the car in September until September, so I was like, it should run out next month, but it ran out this month instead. But you know, I'll tell you, I like satellite radio. There's there's a channel I like called Yacht Rock, and they only have it in the summertime, and it's like yuppie rock from the seventies, like <laughs> Christopher Cross and stuff like that. To get, I love it. Little it looks like they've had a slight downturn from maybe. Maybe like 2017 or so. I'm not seeing the exact statistics here, but in 2021, Sirius XM last quarter 2021, they had 34.8 million or 0.08 million subscribers. That's so a lot. Roughly one out of 10 people in the United States pays for Sirius XM. One out of 10? I mean, if you if we consider the population to be 340 million, then yeah, wow. they've got well, 34 only million. The, that's the name or number of... People only in the United States? Correct. They don't operate outside of, uh, of, I think, the United States. I don't think they're legally available in Canada. I could be wrong about that. Huh. But still, that's significant. That's like, that's no slouch kind of number. That's that's a that's lot of people. That's just crazy. I just don't, I can't think of anybody that I know that about them. Oh, they have that in their car. Maybe it's something that younger people don't tend to have. I don't know what their demographics are as far as that, that 30 million is concerned. But yeah, you bring up an interesting point. Younger people may be less inclined to... It, it seems like everyone I know that likes music and is like my age has Spotify, mm, specifically. Mm-hmm. And I hate Spotify. I don't it's like just, Spotify either. It's I, hard for me. Yeah. It's I listen to podcasts. Like, I'll just download a few podcasts. Like, if I have to drive somewhere or something, I'll download podcasts and I'll listen to them on the, all on the way and, you know, stuff like that. Or I'll listen, I'll download, you know, like, I'll download an episode of Free Talk Live. Yeah, it listen. wouldn't surprise me if... Their demographic were an older demographic that grew up with the radio habit, but didn't like the commercials or whatever. Right. And they found this thing and they're like, I don't want to think about my, you know, what I want to listen to. I just want somebody else to figure it out for me. That kind of thing. Right. And that's one of the, I think that's one of the key differences when you look at the, the different de- uh, generations mm-hmm. looking and ha- looking at how they consume music content or even in our case, talk content, right? Because on Sirius XM, some programmer has decided what to put on those channels. You don't, it's not like Spotify or, or Pandora where there's a thumbs up button or a thumbs down. You're not getting anything custom for your own preferences. You're just getting a radio station. Just, I, pr- I presume, sans the commercials. I don't know if some of them have limited commercials. I've not listened to their, their product in, in a long time. Uh, but the story here is actually about streaming video services. So, not talking about audio or anything like that. We're talking about. Uh, you're, we're talking about Netflix, we're TV. talking about Hulu, we're talking about yeah, television video services. And Americans have now spent more of their July television viewing time streaming content on services like Netflix, YouTube, and HBO Max than they did watching cable television, according to new Nielsen data, which is the first month ever in which streaming has overtaken cable, and it won't be the last. That's a big deal. Yeah, it is. We'll talk about some of the ups and the downs of this, and if you want to weigh in here, because what the the sad part is, is the whole streaming thing's kind of becoming the new cable, as I understand. It really is. Because there's so many different services, and if you want to get it all, then... You have to buy it all. Now you're up to over 100 bucks a month again, like a lot of people hated about having cable packages. There's more coming up here. You can join us... It is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Phone's open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. 
at 603-283-6160. Is the end of cable TV upon us? Well, it is certainly the beginning of the end, given that streaming has now surpassed cable. The amount of hours that people are spending in front of streaming, like Hulu or YouTube, or no, YouTube and uh, Netflix, HBO Max, all the there's a bunch of other ones, uh, is now higher. As of July, it's now higher than the amount of hours Americans are spending in front of cable television. Streaming anything on YouTube or like specifically YouTube Red? I think anything. Oh well, anything at all. Now I don't know how Nielsen is. How is it? Sorry, but I would have thought it was way ahead already. Like, I, I just don't know that many people to watch cable. Well, that's the thing. Again, we're talking about a demographic difference here, right? So we talked about newspapers and payphones and uh, Sirius XM. And by the way, I did check on the demographics on Sirius XM. Their average user is uh, in their 40s and is fairly wealthy, apparently. So you do tend to, to look at an older demographic for a pay service like that. Um, and in the case of you know these uh, these video streaming services, cable subscribers, I guarantee you, without even having seen any numbers, I guarantee you the bulk of cable subscribers are going to be over the age of 50. I was going to say, now that I think about it, I was shocked that my parents didn't have it. Like, I think of people like their age and like, you know, grandparents as yeah, having cable. My mom's 67, I think. Mm-hmm. I go home and she watches TV. It's always on. Cable. She doesn't always watch it, but it's almost always on. Like Bonnie, and she's got cable? Um, yeah. Okay. Cable. It's yeah, either that it, or it's it, over the it, air it or streaming. Cable. Well, I was right. thinking it was uh, satellite because she lives oh, in the boonies. Okay. Right. Um, but no, it's cable now. They did run cable to her house now. But uh, if you watch just like regular television and the commercial breaks happen, it's yeah. always for like Geritol. And mm, like oldster stuff, like oh, right. oldster stuff, yeah, and medicines. I'm like, yeah. And I give her crap for it. So my mom, you know, she's 67, but she's not. She's hip. She is hip. Yeah. She's always she's very sharp and and spry. And we come from a long line of old people who are sharp and spry. We really don't get old ever. And I'm like, Mom, you're getting old. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, why are you watching TV? You have a beautiful laptop or two. I was like, mm-hmm. She's like, I don't know. I'm just casting something from your laptop. She's like, I don't know how to cast stuff from my laptop. <laughs> and I'm like, look at what you're watching. She goes, I just like the TV to be on. I was like, have you noticed that people don't watch TV anymore? She goes, everybody watches TV. Her friends who are in that same right. demographic. And I said, have you noticed what commercials run when you're watching your TV? TV. She mm-hmm. goes, I don't really watch the commercials. I was like, next time commercials come, we're going to watch them. And it was literally like Depends Undergarments, Rogaine. Wow. Well, she's like, oh my God, it's all old people stuff. Am yeah. I old? And I'm like, you don't have to be. You shut off this stupid TV <laughs> yeah. and you know, get outside, do something get, else. Do something, you know, customize your, Use your brain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do something that, that my grandparents don't they have cable and they don't watch it because they can't hear and they don't want to wear their hearing aids mm. my grandpa watches tiktoks um like as loud as possible <laughs> oh my god but wow. he, i'll kill myself in that house so, oh yeah it's it's so like noisy all the time he's just watching tiktoks but not like funny ones he specifically watches cooking tiktoks so huh. all day it's like and then i'm gonna funny. smoke this meat and he just watches that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, The numbers here. Streaming captured 34.8% of total U.S. television viewing time during the month of July, while cable television attracted 34.4%. The total time people in the U.S. spent streaming rose 22.6% from a year earlier. 
So big increase from the previous year, while cable time viewing declined 8.9%, a sign of streaming's continued ascent while more Americans cut the pay TV cord. Now, they're telling us what 348 and 34.4% of total U.S. viewing time was. What was the other third? Was it, it couldn't possibly be satellite. That seems like there'd be. I wouldn't think there'd be that many satellite television viewers. In what the what US, does the stat describe exactly again? Total U.S. television viewing time. So not measuring anything else, not measuring video games or you know other th- unless that does count as TV time. I wouldn't think I was that wondering it does, that because it's not television in the sort of classic sense. Anyway, streaming service offerings have mushroomed in recent years and are increasingly ingrained in U.S. in-home entertainment habits. In fact, they're even coming out with with so-called smart TVs. If you were ever wondering if a device was watching you, the smart TVs. They definitely are. The smart TVs have been watching you since they came out. But those things have, a lot of these services are built in. You turn that thing on and it lets you choose... YouTube or Hulu or yeah. or Netflix or whatever. I push the Netflix button on my TV remote and it goes right to that. It's, yeah, there you, you know, go. It's hooked up to the internet. I'm sure it's listening to our conversations and stuff. Hmm. Now, those services are competing to make and acquire the best content to ensure households spend as much of their TV time as possible on their platform. And, you know, um, having prior to like a few weeks ago... I mentioned we had signed up for Hulu for the first month. They give you the first month for free, and I told, talked about how we were having trouble canceling it. But the reason we signed up was because the new Predator uh, prequel, Prey, came out, and it was exclusive to Hulu. And so you know, I would have gone to see it. And my justification was, well, I would have paid to take Bonnie, and we would have gone to see this in the movie theater if it had come out in theaters. Right. It, it and it was really have. good, by the way. Yeah, it was, it was excellent. Uh, and it should have come out in theaters. It's a damn shame it didn't. Uh, but uh, anyway, that, so that was my justification. Was like, all right, well, you know, we're gonna go to the movie theater. It's gonna cost us fifteen bucks or whatever at least. In bigger city, it probably cost you twenty bucks minimum. Uh, and so I thought, okay, well, you know, first month's free. It's only thirteen bucks a month. When you sign up for this thing, they let you choose: do you want to uh, do ad sponsored or do you want to do ad free? And the ad free tier costs twice as much. As the ad-sponsored tier. So not only do they have people paying for their content, but they got people paying to watch advertisements now. That's incredible. It's even worse from that aspect. I was just talking briefly before we went to one of the breaks about how the streaming services are kind of becoming the new cable in that, not that they're doing live uh, you know, specific timed broadcasts like cable used to per se, but that they are now doing advertisements and that if you want to get all the channels, quote unquote, you have to sign up for all of these different streaming services and at 10 bucks a pop or more in some cases, yeah, it's not going to be hard to get up to seventy, eighty, ninety, hundred dollars plus per month. I I really think that they work together to make it to where, like, if you're into some certain type of thing, like for me, it's cartoons. That's like my favorite thing to watch is mm-hmm. not just little kid cartoons, but all kinds of different cartoons. If you want to watch, I don't know, all of the good ones, you have to have Netflix and Hulu at least. And you know, there's other ones. There's even like. Once, uh, like, there's Disney now, but there's also like Boomerang had its own streaming service. What's that? You don't know what Boomerang was? I don't know. It used to be a channel that played like all Hanna Barbara stuff. Oh, really? And there was like some Hanna Barbara show I wanted to show my little brother. I just like watching cartoons, Mm -hmm. it's just so fun. And uh, I wanted to see if it was on Netflix or anything. It wasn't on any of that, but it was on 
Boomerang, they have their own streaming service wow. now. And it's all Hanna-Barbera or they have other stuff? It's like mostly Hanna-Barbera. So you would think you would tap that one out pretty quick as yeah. far as content is concerned. I mean, I know they've been around for a long time, but there's only so much Hanna-Barbera content. I don't know, man. There's a lot more than you probably think there was. There was Maybe a so. ton. A bunch of fun. failed cartoons yeah, like Space Ghost or whatever. Space Ghost. Don't you dare call Space Ghost failed. <laughs> the new Space Ghost was a success. <laughs> the original one was a total failure. Um, but, you know, the, the idea is you got to sign up for a bunch of these things and then you're paying a whole bunch of money and and now they're getting people to pay to watch <laughs> advertising. It used to be that the ads were there because the product was free. That's why radio's free and Sirius XM is not free because right. you're paying to not have ads. But boy, did they really pull a fast one on people and they managed to get them into a position That's how they where get they're you. paying to watch ads. And now Netflix is apparently uh, going to be bringing out advertising. I will just dump it. We'll torrent everything that's, in sight. That's something they're doing. Um, but uh, like I said, it was my first time ever signing up for one of these things. Actually, we just reinitiated Bo- Bonnie's old account, so technically wasn't wasn't my doing. But uh, I'd never never done that before. And my, I, you know, here here we are in 2022, and I finally had the first reason when that was because they were only going to release this movie Prey on uh, on the Hulu service. And sure, you know, we could have waited for a torrent or something like that, but I wanted to watch it soon, so that's, yeah. that's why I did it. Wanted to support them as well because you know, like I said, I would I would have paid for the movie theater. He wanted to see the case, dog. I did want to see the dog. Looked it looks just like Jazzy, the dog in that movie. Oh really? Strike striking resemblance to uh, a very young Jazzy. Longtime listeners know who I'm talking about. The the Studio Beast, uh, the one prior to our current one, Coconut. Uh, the dog in that it, it's an absolute Carolina dog that's like 100. They they adopted a Carolina dog from Georgia, from uh, from a shelter. That's great. And I miss Jazzy, such a good dog. It's a really cool story because it wasn't a movie dog. And it was it just is, a shelter dog. It right became the star of this movie, even though I really like the movie overall. It stole the show for sure. It stole the there's show. No, there's no doubt. Uh, so check that movie out. It's a great one. Uh, we're going to continue. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. Uh, we can talk about inflation or shrinkflation on the way as well. This is Free Talk Live. You can join us in hour three coming up. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, and we're kicking off the third hour of the program here. The number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. We're talking about out with the old, in with the new, or in this case, how the student has become the master or becoming the master with uh, cable TV dying out. And streaming services taking over and not only kind of reinventing the wheel and moving, uh, you know, moving people over, moving money over from cable to streaming, but also managing to convince people to do something that they never historically have done, which is to pay to watch commercials. Mm, What a racket. I... When I was signing up, I mentioned earlier, we signed up for Hulu and, and but, Bonnie. You sorry, didn't people pay to watch commercials in, on cable? 
Oh, good point. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, <laughs> guess that's another true. way they they're do that. becoming like. Well, no, I mean like some of the some of the, like HBO didn't have commercials and true. You know, the, 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 but her the, point is good. Yeah, most cable channels did have commercials, and I don't know why I was just excluding mm. that. But yeah, it's a good point, Bonnie. <laughs> that's just another way they're being like cable now. Yes, that's that's true. Especially with companies like Netflix introducing ads now because they lost a small number of people. Remember earlier this year the Netflix stock took a huge dive yeah. it went down like 70% yep. or something like that it was a big deal and the reality was it only lost like half a million viewers and i say like half a million because they had something like 120 million yeah it's crazy at the time. yeah so to say that oh my god our business is over you know we're in trouble we lost half a million I mean, that's like that's statistically insignificant basically as far as their their viewership is concerned mm-hmm. so to make a big you know freak out about that i, I don't get it like oh well, now we got to advertise you know bring in advertisers so maybe they just milk- wanted to make media or have media make articles about that so people will be thinking about netflix maybe and it's it's just a or perhaps it's just a cynical cash grab like oh well we've made all this money in the last two decades because remember netflix started as a dvd delivery company in the late 1990s i think yeah and they still do that don't they they still do. i subscribe to that i actually. don't think that you can start now though weren't you grandfathered in no no, no. i'm sure you can sign up now i thought for sure somebody said that you were grandfathered in. maybe aria no. assumed that and said it said no, it, i but... think you can go to dvd.netflix.com and oh. make the switch in fact now there is kind of a sad situation with that business and that is that it had they have been whittling it down over the years, so it doesn't have as many selections as it used to, but it still has way more than uh, streaming Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're frustrated with Netflix not having enough content, switch to the DVD service. They got a ton of stuff there that they don't offer on the streaming services because they have to have. And what it, it's interesting why it's because there's a certain rule when it comes to um, I don't know if it's copyright. I don't I don't know if it's copyright law or just like. It must be copyright law. I, yeah, sorry, I don't have the details in front of me. But basically, there's a carve out in copyright law that says if you buy a movie, you can distribute that. You can you can sell or rid yourself of that movie in whatever way that you want to. So they can't put a licensing restriction on what you do once you buy the DVD. That's can, why you can buy a Disney movie from a yard sale. And Disney can't come over and get mad at you for Correct. it. And now, you know they would. They they probably would. <laughs> if they uh, could. But what they do is, uh, and, and this it doesn't apply to audio CDs, which is interesting, but it applies to movies. And it was just for whatever reason, the movie industry couldn't get the politicians to go along with them on, on this one. And so one of the ways that you can kind of, and I, again, I don't know the legal terminology, but basically you can... You can't, I don't think you can like do a public presentation of the movie and charge for it. But aside from that, you can rent it. So if you go out and you buy DVDs from Walmart and you want to start your own DVD rental service, you can do that from what I understand. Uh, But you can't do it with streaming because you have to have a license agreement to get movies on streaming. So Netflix can have a bunch of movies on DVD, on physical platters, and they don't have an agreement with those companies. They just own the platters mm. and they, they rent them out. And the idea is it's only going to one person at a time or something. So it's not like they're, broad, they're not broadcasting it. Right. So they don't have to license for broadcast. Uh, so, you know, 
if you have that movie, that physical product, no one else can have it at that time. So unlike uh, digital, where any amount of people, is can, whatever their server can handle, can watch whatever show we're talking about. So they have to license where they pay per viewer, you know, probably just pennies or whatever, but they're paying uh, for that content. So... So the uh, the DVD Netflix actually has way more selection. There's there's things that you can get there that you just cannot get on the on their streaming service. And the law is kind of interesting. It's just like how you said it. It's you can rid yourself of it any way you choose. Which Correct. like that leaves open renting because you can rid can yourself you. of it as in getting rid of it for a fee right. and it can come back and to it you. It comes back to you. Yeah. Because exactly. that other person ridded themselves right. of it by returning it to yeah. you. So that's that's kind of an interesting aside uh, that 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 tech still is out there. It's still something, but obviously it's slow, right? Like that's the downside is you got to ship the thing through the mail and then you got to wait. But they do still have the different um, amounts of discs that you can have out, so you're gonna have you know, more than one at a time, and that way you always have one. Uh, so anyway, Netflix. Speaking of them, was the most watched streaming service last month. For those of you just tuning in, we're talking about how Netflix and the other streaming companies combined now are now representing, as of last month, for the very first time, more television-watching hours in the United States than cable. And it was uh, 34.8% of total U.S. TV viewing time went to the streaming services. Netflix was number one out of them. Uh, The most-watched streaming service bolstered by its Stranger Things franchise. According to Nielsen, the company based in California released the series' final set of four episodes in early July. Other highly-watched shows... And movies include Hulu's Only Murders in the Building and Netflix's The Sea Beast, according to Nielsen. Overall, many streaming platforms, including Netflix, YouTube, and Disney-controlled Hulu and Amazon's Prime Video, Wait, attracted Disney their... Disney controls Hulu? They sure do. I did not know that. Me yeah. either. Because uh, they, they're competing with themselves then with Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Well, they they probably have certain things on one and other things that are not, you know... And you know that so makes that we'll buy both. That makes what I was saying make even more sense. I was telling you earlier, if you want to watch like all the good cartoons, you got to have basically five streaming services. Yeah, and now you're talking about seventy bucks a month. Yep. Right. Uh, so according to this, the, uh, the all four of those companies—Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, and Prime Video—attracted their highest respective shares of U.S. viewing time ever. I guess in July, topping records set the previous month. Now, they do say that when school's out in the summer, children are going to be spending more time on streaming content, which could have bolstered time spent on some of these platforms in July. There's also a dearth of major sporting events in summer months, which would otherwise draw audiences to cable channels where games often appear. So maybe we'll see a slight shift back uh, in the fall. But then again, more Major League Baseball and other sporting events are starting to make their uh, make their way to streaming services like uh, Apple TV Plus and Comcast's own streaming service called Peacock, as well as Amazon's Prime Video. So, I was going to say that Amazon has one because it's the only place you can watch SpongeBob. The uh, time spent uh, increased in time spent streaming is good sign for streaming companies trying to add and maintain subscriptions in a crowded market. Yeah, I think we're going to see some of these companies probably going to go under over time just because not going to make it but still there's so much good tv to watch out there now too like just netflix alone we were watching we watched uh we binged a a a series called archive 81 Mm -hmm. on netflix last week and they canceled it apparently it got rave reviews we thought it was awesome 
and that got canceled. Damn. So it's like they're Didn't canceling it. good stuff now. And apparently they had huge viewership, but according to Netflix's algorithms, mm. it didn't check enough for the boxes for them. So Wow. Just one season? Just one season. It was that's fantastic. That's a bummer. When that super happens. great. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing that's always been uh, complained about the major TV networks is they cancel some really great shows yeah. after only, only one season. So again... You know, these companies are turning out to be a lot like what they were supposed to be replacing right, with, yeah. with innovation. Uh, although, to their credit, they are bringing some new things to the table and and trying different things. The number is 603-283-6160. So, you know, how's this going to play out in the long term? I think that, obviously, cable's going to die off. People want on-demand. They don't want linear programming where you have to be in front of the TV for TGIF at 8 o'clock right. on a Friday. Uh, and interestingly, the other I asked about the other numbers in this study, and broadcast TV was actually included. We'll give you their share coming up here in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can bring up anything here. 603-283-6160. Have your... Media consumption habits changed over the years. Are you somebody who is what they call a cord cutter? Somebody who has completely gotten rid of cable television services. What we saw here, according to the Wall Street Journal, is that for the first time ever in the month of July, the use of Americans watching streaming services has surpassed those who are watching cable television. And I was looking at the numbers earlier on while we were discussing this. And by the way, with you tonight, it's Ian. Matt. And Bonnie. And 34.8% of total U.S. television viewing time went to streaming in the month of July. 34.4% went to uh, cable television. Of course, it made me wonder, okay, what about the other roughly third of people? Well, they don't give us the full breakdown here in this story, but apparently one of those other numbers is 21.6% was on broadcast television, mm. which shrank, by the way, from uh, what is a that? year earlier. Like, what's the difference <laughs> between that and cable? <laughs> Do you want to explain it? So cable actually has a cable that comes into your house and you plug it into the back of your cable box that goes to your TV. Mm-hmm. Broadcast is a pair of bunny ears on top oh. of your TV. <laughs> I Not actual bunny ears. I mean, they're just like steel things that I don't go know. in a V. Do they still use those now with digital? I don't know. I, well, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't didn't know those how to name. I thought that broadcast just meant anything on Either TV. Way, there, there's a receiver no. of some kind that's picking up a signal from the air on Correct. your television. Over the air, as they call yeah. it. Uh, and I'm I'm shocked that it's more than one out of five right now. More Wait, than, what is the percent of people? Twenty one point six percent of television uh, hours, I guess, or viewership or whatever, is uh, is now broad is broadcast television. Now that was a decline of about ten percent from a year earlier, so it's trending downward. But I'm amazed that that one out of five televisions, roughly in the United States, are getting broadcast. That's I, that's, that's impressive. That's incredible to me. Uh, so let's go to your phone calls and thoughts here. Major pain. What, what about you, Major? I know you were calling for, uh, you want to reference something that we talked about a, a few days ago, but I'm just curious since, since you're here and you sound like you've been, been around for a little bit. Uh, what, what are your, you know, do you still watch old cable television? Do you watch broadcast? Do you watch anything? Uh, what are your habits? Explain uh, is it Bonnie? Is that oh, sorry. You, you're muted. Yeah, you, we yeah got it's you now. Bonnie. Say again. Okay, um, the, the old bunny ears, when they first came out with the digital or the analog TV, 
You mm-hmm. can buy a little converter box. So your old dinosaur TV would still work. They were like 20, 30 bucks. And you could run that offset of bunny ears and get ABC, NBC, CBS, you know, PBS, whatever. And that's about at. it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I, I don't do cable. I don't, you know, I, I don't Twitter. I don't face, but I mm. do book. Okay. That's <laughs> cool. Have you ever had cable? Yeah. Yeah. And how long ago did you cut the cord? Oh, God. 15 years, probably. Nice. That's good. Yeah, like I said, it's been fairly common for people to cut the cord when it comes yeah. to cable in the last two decades. Well, what about streaming? Do you stream Netflix or Hulu or anything? Um, No. No. Nope. I got an old dumb phone. Sounds like he, he, he said he likes books. That's good. So, what were you calling about tonight, no, I, I, Major? I got an old flip phone, so I don't. Yeah. I used to have a smartphone, but I don't, I don't play with the magic rectangle anymore. I gotcha. <laughs> so, what were you calling about? Um, well, like I said, last week, I think it was, I called in and I beat up on the Milwaukee school board because of all the libertarity they were doing. Well, tonight I got a good one out of Wisconsin, and I'd rather share good news than bad. All right, let's hear it. The name of it uh, Wales, Wisconsin. And they, the school board there, voted down to uh, not comply with all this woke craziness, you know, really? Black Lives Matters and all the rest of it. So. There's, 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 there's still good places. When you say they voted to not comply, what, what is, what does that mean? I mean, can you get a little well, more specific? It, you know, all, all the big school districts are complying with this. You know, um, all the sexual agendas and just general crazy wokeness. Mm-hmm. And they're saying no, you know, no. I'm curious as to how I they worded it, though. Punch it up, like I said. You can take your magic mm-hmm. rectangle and punch it up. I'm sure you can find it. It's Wales, Wisconsin. Maybe they're was, just uh, not going to teach like CTR or wait, CRT. Yeah, they're 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 not, they're not jumping into the crazy pool. Cool. Well, thanks for the uh, the heads up. Was there anything else you wanted to share? Hmm. Well, there was one interesting thought that came to my mind the other night. I was born in 1960. I think I was the only year I was legal to drink three different times. I was legal what? to drink when I was 18 because it was the end of the nom spin when they said, well, you're old enough to die. You're old enough to have a beer. Mm-hmm. Well, that only held about four or five years, and the politicians figured they had to make some brownie points somewhere, so they bumped it up to 19. Well, by then I was 19. Well, then they got another hair under their saddle a couple years later and made it 21, and by God, by then I was 21. <laughs> Thank you, Major, for the call tonight. And it looks like the story here isn't that you know, they're, well, okay, headline. Wisconsin School Board votes in favor of pride flag ban. ABC News reporting they are voting in favor of policy that prohibits teachers and staff from displaying gay pride flags and other items that district officials consider political in nature. Now, I don't know if I would say that gay pride is political in nature, but so that's they're what they're banning saying. it. Like nobody can wear it or so anything. So they're not allowed Teachers. to fly an appeal to heaven flag mm. or a Gadsden flag or presumably not. Major uh, Independence flag. L- let me give you a little bit more here. The Kettle Moraine School Board voted this week to keep a code of conduct in place that the superintendent recently interpreted as forbidding district employees, so not the students themselves, but the employees from displaying political or religious messages, including pride flags and Black Lives Matter and We Back the Badge signs. 
So I think it's messed up that the pride flag has now become political. I mean, I like I think they're going to find themselves in some legal trouble over that because that's prohibition. But it's only for the speech. teachers. Oh, just for the teachers. Yeah. Yeah, if it was the students, I would think it was a bigger deal. It would clearly violate free speech if it was the students. Do teachers lack free speech in the government building? I think they do, yeah. I mean, you work for the state. You got to play by their rules. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, they agreed to be there. The kids didn't. Superintendent Stephen Plum recently told the school board the district's interpretation prohibits staffers from using their positions to promote partisan politics, religious views, and propaganda for personal, monetary, or non-monetary gain changed following a legal analysis now look i'm fine with banning the gay pride flag as long as you ban the united states flag as well Hmm. let's be consistent Uh here i mean because gay pride i don't think you can say that's per se political although i understand why someone would could argue that by its face you know on its face it's just about being gay or you know expressing yourself as who you are but the u.s flag is absolutely a political message yeah. And there's no doubt about it. You are supporting politics in general. In the you know, empire. And they, they actually make kids pray to that thing every morning. Yeah. Right. And there's supposed to be a ban on religious here, right? So it's a ban on uh, anything that promotes partisan politics, religious views, and propaganda. It's all three of those things together. It's political, it's religious, and it's propaganda. Yeah, those teachers ought to go take down the U.S. flag that's in their classroom. Mm-hmm. Take the one down from out front, too, while yep. you're at it. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And I hope there's a parent out there that will uh, will push that angle and sue them over this. It's Free Talk Live. We're coming up. Talk live. Phones are open here, and you can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Coming up in June, Forkfest is back for the seventh annual uh, Forkfest. It is an alternative libertarian camping festival that happens now it's back to where it started which is before the porcupine freedom festival so it was for three years originally beforehand then it went three years afterward and now it's going back to the beginning uh, where it all started seven years ago i guess it was six years if you count correctly but anyway it's going to be the seventh annual so uh you can go to forkfest.party to learn more about it the dates are june 15th through the 18th now look it's important to understand there's nothing official when it comes to forkfest there's no tickets there's no organization uh it's just liberty-minded people coming to the same campground it's the same campground rogers campground where the porcupine freedom festival happens and that porcupine freedom festival starts on the 19th so if you want to come on up the weekend before basically and enjoy hanging out with some uh, great freedom loving folks as things are ramping up towards the Porcupine Freedom Festival, that's where it's going to be. But if you want to stay longer, I mean, if you want to come for a whole week beforehand, do that. It's just a lot of people didn't want to go for two weeks if they wanted to attend both festivals. So it's uh, with the, what we're promoting is going to be just the weekend. So June 15th through the 18th, Free Talk Live will be there, and we will hope to see you in attendance. By the way, the uh, Pork Fest tickets are going to sell out. If it's anything like the last two years, which have been sold out events for the first time ever. They sold I out believe- by like... I Sorry. think the campground is real close to sold out. Hmm. Already? Uh, yeah. They're last, I was up there uh, this past weekend, Yeah, and I think there was like 
11 sites left to choose from. Wow. Wow. Because I know that they just opened, uh, they they wouldn't let people reserve right after Porkfest. They took right. a month and they said August 1st, we're going to open up. Yep. And they were just barraged with phone calls piled. on August 1st. And wow. You, yeah. you, did I, you talk had, to the front I, desk? I tried to, I tried to call. Oh, yeah. I talked to the ladies who run mm-hmm. the I was in there. I was so this in wasn't a rumor. They were going around the camp. No, this I was, saw. No, they, they got out their little diagram. Mm-hmm. And they have runoffs of the diagram. And she like went through with the high, highlighter and highlighted, highlighted the ones that were still available. Are you talking about the whole park, including RV sites, or just the camping I think they sites. have more, but they're saying they have only certain ones mm-hmm. available. And it was pretty spotty, like the wow. tent sites are all gone some of the rv really? sites up front there's like oh 11 left Damn. but uh yeah something like that but uh you know i tried to call on august 1st i tried to call on august mm-hmm. and nikki and i are getting married there next summer so right. we want to have our family when have a reception you're gonna have to do and, that during fork fest well no <laughs> we're do a pork fest well i mean most of the people how who, are you gonna get in there to pork fest well they can get day passes oh okay yeah, so they, they won't need a yeah they can, get a, they can get a five dollar day pass they better get it now why are those short on uh oh i'm talking about oh you mean j- just from the campground i see what camp you're saying yeah, they, you know, no none, none of the people are coming to a wedding like my, my friends aren't interested in like pork fest things they're just normal right. you know um, and that's one thing that they did right with the porcupine freedom festival was they got rid of the crazy security apparatus that they had for a few years that right. really kind of drove people away yeah uh, it used to be they had like a somebody checking you when you were coming into the park yeah those were they, they those were during the, the chris cantwell scare days yeah so that's gone uh, now so that yeah. that's good so yeah people yeah, could so, just but i was in I, you know i called for a camps i wanted to get i wanted to get two campsites right. one that we can sleep on and camp at and the other one we can set up a tent and mm-hmm. actually have a little reception and things like that and just have a you know, yeah that's a nice idea yeah and uh so i called on the first and i called on the second i called on the third i started getting nervous i eventually just called tamson Mm-hmm. And had her she went down run there. over there and like see him in wow. person. I was like, Tam, so you pick out some good flat spots that are nice and dry. And mm-hmm. she's like, okay, she ran over there and did it for me. So thank God wow. I knew somebody that lives up there, you know, and we have a free stater that lives up there. We have a bunch of free staters. It's all up about there. who you know. Tamson's a friend, and she was such a pal and got in her Jeep and drove over there and got me some campsites. So. Well, that is cool, man, and that, that, that's great news that they're already selling out, but that also means you need to get serious if you haven't yet Absolutely. And, you know, if, you, if, if, it's, if, you're late to the sh- if you're late to the game, over the course of the next year, if you get on the Telegram groups and the Facebook groups, the Free State Project groups and so forth, you're going to find people selling tickets. Sell tickets. They're going to be they're going to be you know transferring campsites out of their name into yeah. other people's names and stuff. It'll happen all year long. People's plans change. You're just going to so, pay more. That's yeah, you might not even have to pay more. Some That's people true. are just like they want to get out of it. They're like, Maybe. I can't come. Where we got other plans. I got to go. So uh, it's. Keep your ear to the ground. The Porcupine Freedom Festival is something that you definitely ought to, man, if you've never been, it is something else. And Fork Fest, I love this year. We're doing it before Pork Fest. I think that's the You're play. happy about that? I love I, it. I am too. I, am. I love it. And if I had my way, I'd have everybody grabbing their Fork Fest campsite ahead of time. So we're all bunched together that way whenever There was talk about that. Yeah. I think that's such a good idea. I don't think we're going to be able to do it this year, but next year, I think that's something we got to plan for. Check it out at ForkFest.Party. You can connect with some of the other ForkFest attendees there. Uh, shrinkflation. It's something that uh, everybody is having to deal with. It's, it's a reality. And it was a reality, by the way, before the last two years. It's getting a lot of press now because it's getting worse than it's been in the last two decades. What but, is shrinkflation? Do you know what it is, Bonnie? Yeah, like those Smarties. I found old Smarties and compared to new Smarties to it. 
The candy. And it was, oh yeah, yeah. sorry, the candy Smarties. It was like this size compared to this size. That doesn't work on radio. Um, sorry, <laughs> I was showing Matt. Uh, I don't know. The it's old smaller. Smartie was so way bigger. So you're saying bigger. the actual packaging and the contents of the packaging was smaller, yeah, were, but the price stayed the same. Yep. Were the actual, you one thing I don't remember if we compared, was the candy piece itself smaller or was it just there were fewer of them in the package? I don't remember that actually. I don't know. I don't, I don't either, but there were definitely fewer of them uh, in the package. And so shrinkflation is the sort of, I don't know who came up with it, but the term to describe one of the ways that companies deal with increasing costs. And when the government prints more money into existence, that's what inflation is. That's inflating the money supply. And so more dollars is chasing around the same amount of goods, which means prices go up. Are you sure those candy companies aren't just evil capitalists? (laughs) Greedy I mean, they might be greedy, but... I hope know, they're greedy. Whatever. Well, if they were greedy, they would want their customers to never, you know, want to leave them or anything. But then again, the thing about this Smarty thing that was so annoying was, when I was looking at it, we got it in some pack. I don't even know why I got it, because I, like, never buy candy. It's like mm-hmm. somebody gave Halloween, me something. I think. But um, it was in some pack, though. But anyways, I was looking at it, and I was like, you know, these look normal like i'm almost didn't think anything of it but i was like i think they might be smaller Mm -hmm. i went downstairs and just happened to know you have this age-old bag of candy in the kitchen (laughs) and i dug an old one oh well i buy candy after halloween to get it's more than a year it's at least two years old now but i went and dug out the age-old smarties it's it's two years old now because there weren't as many kids okay i I thought it was really old but and either way, I compared them, and you almost wouldn't have noticed that the small one was small until mm-hmm. you compared them. And, and it was obvious. Then. And mm-hmm. that was really obvious. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's always, this is in the news recently, and, it, and I think it's good because it's bringing people's attention to it. Because shrinkflation can be sneaky. They'll try to redesign the packaging in a way that, at a glance, you won't notice that there's less product in the packaging. But... For the, those who are keen-eyed, for those who pay attention to the the amount of ounces in a thing, and you pay attention, you'll you'll know, you'll see this, uh, you'll you'll notice a slimming down going on of things that you've always purchased, and and advertisers are starting to cop to to some extent. Story here from the Wall Street Journal that. Uh, consumers, of course, are worried about inflation, high gas prices. Advertisers are finding a new approach to sell everything from wireless plants to Cajun chicken. Walmart earlier this year pulled the plug on ads that were going to promote items like fresh food and clothing after they realized that inflation was first and foremost on shoppers' minds. It quickly crafted new ads, relying on footage from older campaigns to save time with a simple message. Consumers are getting squeezed, but Walmart is keeping prices low. Their chief marketing officer said their latest commercials aim to celebrate consumers' ingenuity and tenacity in leaner times rather than remind them about the state of the economy. Quote, we knew that people are changing their behaviors, so it's important for us to be clear in the role that we can play. Some brands are using inflation as an opportunity to poke fun at rivals like Mint Mobile, which is backed by actor Ryan Reynolds, recently ran a campaign dubbed Deflation in which he said the company would cut its prices for a few months. So people, a lot of these companies are just putting it right out there. Like, hey, we know inflation is a thing, but you still got to buy stuff. I don't I don't like it. It's kind of like, you know, the COVID-19 commercials that came out, like, Taco we'll Bell cares about you. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. 
in the remaining moments, we may have enough time for you. If you want to get on the line right now, here tonight, it is Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. And don't forget, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. We're talking about uh, companies just coming right out in the open and admitting that inflation is a thing and using it to try to sell more products, which you can't blame them. I mean, the reality is it would be a better choice for a lot of people to just not go and eat out, for instance, you know, go into fast food or uh, go out to restaurants. But, you know, they still want they still need to try to stay in business. So they're pitching to you. In fact, here's another example from The Wall Street Journal that others are framing their campaigns around high gas prices. Bojangles, which is a U.S. restaurant wow. chain. I haven't seen that You've heard in of a them? long time. Yeah. Uh, they specialize, I've never heard of them, in like Cajun Southern, yeah. seasoned fried chicken. Ran a promotion in April that gave customers a $10 gas card with the purchase of a 12-piece or 20-piece chicken family meal. Wow. The company said it doled out a million dollars in free gas in 25 days. Wow. And sold more chicken family meals over that period than they typically do in that time frame. There used to be a Bojangles by where I lived in Tennessee, and my family always wanted to go to it, and I hated Bojangles nights. I hate fried chicken. Oh, really? Wow, what what's wrong with wrong you? wrong with you? <laughs> Coming from the person who just said he hates mangoes. Wait a minute. When's the last time you had fried chicken? Probably when I was a little kid and was forced to you eat fried chicken. You probably would like it now. <laughs> There's I a don't lot like of stuff the bones you... in the chicken. Okay, well, I get, I get uh, you. At the Moose Mart, they tried to get me to try one of their wings, and I started, I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I started trying to eat it, and I was like, I just don't like the <laughs> bone. I don't know how to eat it. I don't like it. I don't like how gooey it is. It's creepy. <laughs> Bonnie, uh, there's a lot of things she's she's been eating that she never liked before. So, you know, ch- tastes do change over time. It's good to come back around to things that you didn't like as a kid and see if you like it now. Uh, I think what comes to mind is grapefruit. You didn't like oh, grapefruit yeah. back in the day, well, and now you drink it. Drink grapefruit juice every single I day. I trained my brain to like grapefruit juice because it likes kratom. <laughs> but you still like it. Yeah, that, yeah, no, I like grapefruit juice, and even the smell liking candles and stuff. Gas prices are a pain point, said the chief marketing officer of Bojangles. Uh, Burger King France ran a similar promotion when they lowered the cost of their Whopper at drive throughs to about $2 from their usual price of around €5. Euro. And uh, that was when prices rose above two euro per liter for the first time. Of course, then they go on, they talk about inflation rates. And Americans, by the way, are seeing inflation as the biggest issue facing the country. When they do polls and they ask people what's the number one issue, it's inflation by far and away, which is one of the reasons why you know we spend a lot of time talking about it. Because but number one, we've always been talking about inflation and what, always. what real inflation is. It's not just a rise in prices. It is the increase in the money supply. What were you going to butt there? I was going to say, other than like the Bojangles when actually giving out gas cards, that is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like that's actually kind of a cool thing that a company did. Um, I think that mostly just like the Walmart commercial, you know, making a mention Always of inflation. Low prices. I, I don't know. It just reminds me a lot of during the worst part of COVID, how you would get like Taco Bell cares about uh the situation you're in right now yeah this Come false to taco bell yeah sort of pandering towards care and like we're all in this together hearing that from taco bell is just just 
disturbing. Yeah, well, in the same way, they all jump on board with the Pride Pride Week or whatever, Pride yeah, Month. Any, and anything like that, yeah. All of a sudden, all this corporate stuff goes rainbow color. Black History right. Month, too. And just... as soon as that month is over with, it's whoosh, it's, it's gone. gone. But mm-hmm. also, I think it was also interesting that when they point out that, like, whatever the company is, let's say it's Skittles or whatever, one of these companies that has a specific product, when you look at their advertising in the Middle East... It ain't Pride Month there. I'm sure. So it's just all about whatever they think is going to make the most money. And again, there's nothing wrong with, with making a profit, but it does seem cynical. Aria brought this super stupid story in about um, Burger King. They came out with a Pride Month type burger. And to make it <laughs> gay, they made it, you it? order a regular Whopper, but either two top buns or two bottom buns. <laughs> and anybody who knows about the gay community immediately is like why would it be gay if there's two tops or, or why would why would you want to make a reference to gay and make either two tops or two bottoms it, it got it's people like, talking they were trying sure. to get it like i guess that you were supposed to think either two, like two of the same gender but mm, they just didn't, didn't know the term off. top and bottom how could they not have known that let's go to your calls and talk to <laughs> jamie uh jamie is in alabama northern alabama listening to huntsville's wbhp go ahead jamie talk about the uh COVID. go right ahead um what's the big deal about the mask anyway i heard you don't even work well yeah they definitely don't work i mean they, they say right on the packaging that they will not protect you from uh you know spreading covid or whatever so it's no, ridiculous the damn vaccine don't even do nothing well, it seems no, like the people, people are always getting sick, yeah, that have had the vaccine. A lot of people say that uh, more people who they know who've had the vaccine get sick than those who who haven't had the vaccine. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I mean... Joe, Mr. President, we got down here, Mr. Biden, he said that he got vaccinated twice, and he said it works, and guess what? He got it. He, he got sure it twice. Did. Yeah, he got it a second time after that. And right, the, in a row, too, the, which is so weird. And and now there was the uh, the CEO of Pfizer came out, said that he has it. And I'm like all kinds of people are getting this stuff. The, the best thing you can do is yeah. never trust the government, Jamie. Did you get vaccinated, if you don't mind telling us, Jamie? What's that, ma'am? Did you get vaccinated, if you don't mind telling us? Mm-mm. That's good. The nurse asked me to get it, and I said, no, thank you. Well, you know, now they're coming out saying that um, natural, uh, what do you call it, natural immunity immunity is a thing. Oh, look, uh, apparently there is such a thing as natural immunity, they're saying now. Mm -hmm. Right. Jamie, thanks for the call tonight. We do appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, just don't trust the government. That's uh, rule number one. Jack is on the line in Washington State. Go ahead. Um, Shrinkflation? Yes, sir. I noticed with Lay's potato chips. If you actually look at the chips now, they're much smaller potatoes than they used to be. Really? So that's like one thing I, I saw. So like the diameter of the chip is smaller? Diameter, circumference, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then also candy. You're paying like three fifty for like a bag of, I don't know, you know, sweet tarts mm-hmm. or whatever. And you open the bag, you look in there, you could, you know, it was like, you know, 20 pieces. I'm like, holy smokes. Wow. Man. used to be able to eat that for days when I was a kid, you know, yeah. and craving candy. Yeah, they're really but cutting Taco it back. Bell, I think, yeah, but I think Taco Bell's actually, uh, to argue with Bonnie a little, they're fighting inflation because if you have three bucks, 350 
maybe a 379. You know, free water, you can buy those bean burritos, and you probably live off those for... Yeah. I, there was a Taco <laughs> a Bell across the street from a Walmart I worked at, and I was buying way too many of their, like, uh, spicy potato breakfast taco things because they were like a dollar fifty each. Yeah, but what is it? What does a bur- uh, burrito ta- ta- uh, cost these days now, Jack, at Taco Bell? I think it's a buck fifty nine. Yeah, I remember 30. when those things were like seventy nine cents or sixty nine mm-hmm. cents. Oh, yeah. You know, twenty years ago. So, yeah. yeah then, well, they- Ian might remember this. Do you remember back in the uh, late nineties, early two thousands, when uh, McDonald's was selling their like. Um, anniversary burgers for like 16, 17 cents a piece. I, I don't. I, I never went to McDonald's, yeah. so I have no no personal experience. But thank you, Jack. Anything else you want to share? I've never heard that. Um, Sarah, I think you guys heard her feelings last night. She's so unaware. And then last night, she's like, I heard on the radio because I've been listening all of a sudden that I am like a superstar. And, and I think you guys heard her feelings. Sarah from... New Mexico. Maybe he's right. It was two oh, nights wait, ago Sarah, because she didn't call last night. Yeah, she didn't call tonight either. And Sarah I thought it was surprising. Had, Sarah has feelings? Yeah. <laughs> She's a communist, so. <laughs> Thanks, Jack, for the call tonight. Uh, just a couple examples here. Another story, The Sun, the-sun.com, listing companies that are uh, that are doing shrinkflation. Uh, Bloomberg reported Subway rotisserie chicken wraps have less meat in their sandwiches than before. Domino's has cut down the boneless wings from eight or from 10 to 8. Uh, the party size Fritos scoops used to be 18 ounces are now 15.5, so less of a party. Uh, in that case, Gatorade bottles down from 32 ounces, now 28. No. Yep. Subway cookies are two-thirds the size wow. that they used to be. Subway cookies, like the cookies you buy at Subway uh-huh. the restaurant? Yeah. Another user says, if Kleenex gets any smaller, I won't be able to tell it from a square of toilet paper. Hmm. Kleenex now also has fewer tissues, going down from 65 a box a few months ago, now to 60. Other companies down in their reduction in the number of ounces. Crest Toothpaste down 7%. Uh, Chobani Yogurt, 15%. Folgers, 15%. M&M, 14%. You're just going down the list here. 10 to 15 to 20% reductions. Get ready to put another hole in that belt buckle in that uh, belt, people, because the government's in charge of the economy. Yep, it's just going to get worse from here. There's more coming up tomorrow. We'll see you then. Freetalklive.com. It's another edition of the Edgington Post Show here with Mark Edge for Free Talk Live. Today I've got with me Sean Reynolds, the customer service manager over at Bullion Max. I wanted to get you on the show and I wanted to get some idea of what what you thought was moving the gold markets today. Because, you know, like I would be expecting with all the inflation for gold to just be shooting up. What are you thinking? Well, we've been talking about this a lot in the office and... When you have a, a crash or a correction or call it what you want to, everything falls down yeah. for a while. And and it did so in 2020, it did so in 2008, and it did so in 2000. So what has historically happened is everything goes down, the margin calls get sorted out, and then eventually the precious metals start to rise like a phoenix from the ashes. And I think that's what we've seen in the in the past few days. We just went from about $18.50 an ounce for silver to about $20.50 an ounce. So that's a nice little recovery. So we've been talking about, oh, it's a great time to buy. It's a great time to buy. But it kept going down a little. And it kept going down a little. And people are like, what do you mean it's a great time to buy? I don't think it's bottomed out yet. Well, 
with this little bit of recovery of about two bucks an ounce for for silver and about sixty dollars an ounce for gold, I think it is making its way back up. So it's perfect time to buy. Not worried so much about how much further I might go down. Right. I think this happened in 2006 or 2008, somewhere in there, is that we we were seeing was, uh, you know, a pretty bad recession going on. And gold did tank for a little while, mm-hmm. but it came up when it came back, it came back sooner and it came back pretty strong. Yes, that that's certainly the case. And so what we've been saying before we saw this little uptick was historically, if that happens again, then metals are going to put a smile on everybody's face in this moment of gloom and doom where you don't know what you ought to invest in. Well, now it's it, we may be looking at four times out of four that precious metals are really what you should be looking to buy in times like these. What are you thinking with um, Russia and Ukraine going on right now? Is that going to affect gold price in any way? Well, I think it certainly will. Uh, you know, anytime the you've got global conflicts going on, it, it's going to have some type of impact. Now, granted, we've seen most of these impacts in the cost of goods and things of that nature. But, you know, when the cost of goods go go up, that's when people start looking at precious metals as a way to try to stave off that, that inflation, if that's what it is. China. I mean, China's, uh, for whatever reason, we didn't used to ask these questions in the uh, the gold and silver industry. What about China? But it seems like you have to ask these days. They're kind of seem to be eyeing Taiwan. There's a huge problem with their banking industry right now. Mm-hmm. Could be a way to right the ship for them. That might be why they're purchasing as much gold as they are. And India, long been the way that people, uh, you know, it's much more grassroots in India, the, the mm-hmm. gold consumption. Basically, it's a, it's a cultural thing there that, you know, wealth is stored in gold. So what's going on mm-hmm. there? That, that culture goes way beyond just being, being wealth. You know, they, they give gold as gifts, wedding gifts, birthday gifts, all kinds of different things. And they're a lot more free and open about just exchanging gold than just about any any country I'm aware of. You know, they're using it as currency, kind of, uh, even though it may be more familial than, you know, using it as, as true commerce. But it, it gets handled more, it's shown more, and it has a much stronger presence in society there. And is there any presence for silver in India? Compared I just always to gold, wonder this. Boy, I, I don't believe so, but I, yeah. I may be showing my ignorance <laughs> by, by saying that. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, it seems like they'd rather have the, the slightest amount of gold than um, you know silver, whereas here in the West and in the United States and in Europe and that sort of thing, silver much more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Especially the the clients that I've been speaking with lately, many of them are investing heavily into silver investing a little bit into gold, but some of them are going all silver. I mean, silver is being used more and more uh, as as far as components and uh, electrical connections, things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let's face it. It's, it's your number one component in solar panels. We've yet to make all of those we need to yet. Anything in electronics, to your point, but imagine electronic cars. Now, we know silver is not going to be involved in the battery. We know that's going to be lithium. However, you can bet the big old connectors and all of that are going to be silver, plus all the other electronic components inside the car. Silver is going to be just 
an incredible component. We're going to use a lot more silver in the coming future than we ever have. Free Talk Live has recently started a relationship with Bullion Max, and you're going to be handling whomever it is of our audience that wants to get in, uh, get involved and and take advantage of the packages that we have. So mm-hmm. I wanted to get you on and talk to you about that and just see what you've got to offer our audience. Absolutely. Well, for starters, one product that we really love is the Silver Starter Collection, and it's five different ounces that are the type of products that most new investors uh, start to use. So we have a one ounce silver bar in there. We have a one ounce silver round and a silver round is really a silver bar. It's just shaped like a coin. <laughs> but then we also have three coins. We have an, an American Eagle because we want everybody to know what that's all about. Dare I say that's the gold standard of silver bullion is the American <laughs> Eagle. And it is. Uh, we also have the Britannia from the UK the warrior princess, and then uh, kangaroos from Australia. And so we've got some nicely priced coins that are normally going to be side by side with the bars and rounds, but then we still wanted people to see what an eagle was all about. And right now with a a premium of 15 bucks over spot, most new investors are not going to buy an eagle. So we wanted to put that in in reach for people. So they, they check out what it's all about. It's $15 over spot for for an American Eagle, Silver American yes. Eagle. Crazy. Wow. I am really surprised at that. And these others, the the Britannia and mm-hmm. the Kangaroo. Now, these items would be considered of the same quality as the American Eagle. It's just that it's sort of name recognition as supply and demand for each individual thing. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Pe- people aren't going to say that a Honda isn't as good a quality as a Toyota generally. You know, they're they're not going to besmirch uh, you know, a BMW but it's just whatever the demand for whatever the make and model of a particular car is, is what sets the price at a given time. And for whatever reason, the American Eagle seems to be higher right now. Yes, exactly. When the uh, the kangaroo, the Britannia are typically more like a, a $6 over spot coin, you'd be hard pressed to say that the Eagle is a better coin. But when the day comes to to liquidate, people are going to be happier to see that you've got eagles than something else. But I don't know if they're going to be $10 happier. I don't know yep. that you get all that back. you know. Right. And so as, as I speak with the investors, I wouldn't discourage them from doing that. But I always show them the math. Because if what you're all about is ounces, that's eagles are probably not your best choice right now. But some other bullion choice from the from the world like Britannia's or or Philharmonics or or kangaroos that are going to be in that at that six ish dollar premium over spot there's nothing wrong with that absolutely nothing wrong with that so tell me about the silver starter pack um can you tell me the price or is it set over spot or how's that work (laughs) it is uh it is based on the market so i can't tell you exactly what it would be but for your listeners we do have a discount on it of uh, $4.99. So all they have to do is if you go to bullionmax.com in the search box, just type in silver starter and it's the only choice that will come up. You choose it. If you see a strike through price and a lower price, that means the discount is working. Do they have to put in a coupon code FTL or whatever to, to benefit or how does it work? There may be codes out there, but 
that will work just as well what I just described. So if for some reason you're trying to use a code and it's not working, rather than call me, because I would tell you, put Silver Starter in the uh, in the search box and it'll come up for you with the discount. If, as right. long as you haven't already purchased one at the discount. And when we say one per customer, we mean the discount per customer. If you want right. to buy multiple Silver Starter kits, you're welcome to. Indeed. Um, and I'm sure that you'll work something great out for them once they uh, get the Silver Starter pack and become a customer of yours. Yes. Uh, we have a number of bounce back promotions uh, for people who have purchased that. And we've been really pleased by the response for people who have tried that. They really like it. They may buy more of what's in there or they may expand their own collection. Maybe they'll get a maple. Maybe they'll get a Krugerrand. Maybe they'll get some of the other silver that isn't part of the starter collection. So it's bullionmax.com. Search the silver starter for the silver starter collection and it should come up with the discount. And if not, well, um, you know, get a hold of you and tell them you're from Free Talk Live. (laughs) We'll we'll sort it out together. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, five ounces, and uh, it's the only one that will come up when you search Silver Starter. Sean Reynolds, thank you so much.